0: I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot.
1: Taking off when you landin', Bitch niggas gonna throw tantrums and I'm dancing on them stars. The galaxy ain't got room for y'all. Ain't nothing gonna happen soon for y'all while I'm here. And every day I hear your bullshit. Self-pity. Reason why you never dealt
2: with me. Reason why your girl dealt with me. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy podcast. your host Rod and Karen. And uh, that might be one of the top five uh, ever lyric readings on the show. I know. That was excellent. 720-something episodes in. And uh, who would have known he had it in them? Uh, but it's uh, apparently one of the favorite, if not dare I say, number one most favorite guests from last year in the Tippies by three votes chris lambert comedian extraordinaire podcast host of the mundane festival uh official movie correspondence of the right righteous pick uh prick podcast of jail coven uh also um on twitter at chris lambert and the mundane festival on facebook
1: what's going on chris Hey guys, thanks for having me. I, my, a little thing, man. You you could. Why didn't you just say the favorite podcast guest, not and not by
2: three three votes? Hold on a second, something messed up. All right, go ahead. Sorry about that.
1: I just felt like you could have just said favorite podcast guest of last year without saying me winning by three votes. I mean, who remembers how many points? That's true. You know, somebody won by. You know, that's true.
2: The Heat won, barely won Game Six last year and we just go that he won the championship you're right i apologize that's true. yeah let I, me get let me get my chip
1: man let me just celebrate mm-hmm. the chip you know like a like a young brother should you know what i'm saying
2: absolutely my mistake didn't mean to step on your accomplishment i was trying to say how arduous the task was you know like it, you it, know you had true. some stiff
1: it was hard con- and yeah. i and i feel like i was uh an unlikely candidate
2: mm-hmm. but
1: uh your your fans have spoken the people have spoken and who am i to deny what the people
3: want, you know?
2: The the people love Chris Lambert, man. It's it's just true, and uh, it's always been true. Um, Like I said, you guys can find him on the Mundane Festival podcast that he puts out every week. Um, Chris, man, what's been up with you, man? It's been a while since we had you on the show.
1: Mm -hmm. I've just been, you know, living my life. Uh, Life has happened to me. Uh, I had to get a new car because Mm. my truck was not going to pass inspection. Uh, so I was stressed out about that. Uh, and I was uh, almost into depression. And then I talked to my parents and they were like, Oh, you should just try to trade it in at Enterprise. And I went one day after work and, uh, I came home with a new vehicle. So, was, parents I, be knowing. Yeah, yeah. Cause you know, like, so I think if you have parents in your life that, that you still talk to or whoever your, your like parental, figures are use them yeah. as assets use them as uh, uh uh bastions of wisdom and knowledge yeah they definitely uh,
2: know more than you um yeah they have more resources normally so yeah, yeah I, I definitely understand yeah i know old
4: people be old sometimes and they do old people things but you know every now and then you ask them something they are be like yeah boy you know uh like like if you have small children uh, and like, uh, my mama was babysitting my cousin's, um, little boy and he broke out in a rash and she was talking about old school shit that I didn't even know was worth talking. about, like, yeah, all you got to do is do such, 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 and that'll dry that up. I looked at her like, how you know that? She's like, yeah, people be wasting that money on all that expensive over the counter shit. <laughs> yeah. So old people are useful.
2: You know what's, I- you know ahead what's ahead. funny, Chris, um, what about when you talk about buying a car, uh, it's a lot like, I also see this with buying a house and all this stuff. It's a scary process to me, and it seems like people don't talk about how scary it is because no one wants to feel stupid, but it's a it's a pretty scary, you know, commitment to, you know, pump, you know, however many years of income into this this thing and hope that it doesn't, you know, explode or break or tear up or burn down, that you don't get ripped off or that you get a good deal. Like, you know, you always hear all these people that like have all these ideas, but it's, you know, like, uh, we got our car from, um, I th- was it CarMax Karen? No, Enterprise. No, Enterprise. Yeah, Enterprise. Like, they're used rental car things. My, Me too, yeah. And people were like, that's a terrible idea. The car's going to blow up because people treat those cars like shit. And I was like, I've been in no, rental cars. Don't. Yeah, I've had a rental car agreement. D- you're so scared by the time you leave out a rental car, unless you're rich. I don't know. Maybe you guys are rich. But I was so fucking scared they were going to just be like, yeah we didn't see that scratch on the door when you left, so and that's two hundred and fifty dollars right they uh, charge you for everything, yeah, like I was treating that shit like it was like in like it need to be in bubble wrap, but yet somehow any idea that you have about a car is like, well, i want to get a I guess I'll just go to the dealership. well, you're gonna get ripped off, okay, well, maybe I'll just buy a used one. Oh, well, those guys get the worst, those are the worst cars. You're like, well, maybe I'll just get one from the rental place. Oh, people fuck those cars, you're like, I don't even know what to say anymore
1: yeah it's very it's a very scary thing and and this was the third actually i always tell a lot of people when they're looking for a new car uh to look at enterprise i mean this was the third vehicle that i had, have been driven driven from enterprise my parents got me a hyundai sonata when i was in college and uh i drove that for three years and never had a problem with it uh my dad put the down payment on my ford explorer that i had and then i just Kept up the payments. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the first time. And actually, came like a little proud man moment for me that I didn't realize that I had. Uh, I went in and got the car. Like, I didn't need any, like, a loan or any. I got, I mean, I didn't need, like, my parents to co sign or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize that. I wasn't thinking about that. But uh, when I talked to my parents and I said, you know, I'm going into enterprise and I'll talk to you guys after it's done. And I was sitting in, uh, ruckers like not far from the, the, uh, uh, dealership and, uh, talking to my parents is like, yeah, you know, it's a blessing. I'm stressed out, but it's another, it's like you're trading another ball of stress for a new one right? Uh, with the note and then the insurance and shit. And my dad was like, you know, man, that's you're you're a real man. Like you walked in there with no help and you got a car. I mean, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. And I damn near cried. Waiting for my cheeseburger at Fuddruckers.
2: When said that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, cool getting our car too, and yeah, it did, I definitely felt like a sense of accomplishment yeah. that uh, you know I don't you know that I didn't have before, or whatever, because I never bought a car on my own. And like yeah. I said, it was, I did it so much research. I looked everything up. I talked to so many people, and you know, you get so much conflicting information that you really just have to pick what it, you're the most comfortable with. And uh, that's how we ended up getting ours. But, yeah, it's a, it's a very scary proposition.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you, you know, you go in and you just hope the white people will give you the car. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. and you turn, I don't know about you, like, I feel like I'm a proud black man. Mm-hmm. But whenever I'm in a situation like that, like making a big purchase, it's just like, nah, you know, I works, I works really hard. And yeah. I, I pay <laughs> I pays all my bills and, uh, you know, I, 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 I miss my, I miss my other bills just to pay for the car note now. <laughs> right. If, if he right. gives me this, I was gonna take care of it. So, like, that, we, we I don't just, know when that comes in. And like the guy selling me the car was really nice. He was like, oh, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. he's like, oh, you're a comedian. Oh, it's great, man. I would love to come and see your show. I was like, yeah, let me get the car first. Stop right. trying to.
2: Not know the, who not I the, They they always pump your head up anyway. But yeah, when I get that contract, I feel like I should just sign a big ass X. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> thank thank <laughs> you so much. I like, can't read or
2: write. <laughs> right, like I should just walk into uh, the, I should walk into the building and take off my sharecropping hat and like hold it to my chest, yep. real clutched up. and oh lord, uh, you know. And then anytime Karen talks, I go shh, woman. They're going to give us the car. You know, like. It, was, it felt like a, a heist in a way, but you know, I think that's just the fact that I'm still getting used to being an adult.
1: Yeah, yes. it's true. It's yes. like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're, you guys are married and everything, but there's certain things that remind you that you're an adult and you, and you're just like, Oh yeah, I paid these bills. But I think like it's a testament to, to you and Karen and everybody else that's like married and is going through real life shit. I think when you're not in a committed relationship sometimes, You sort of get to the point where you're like, oh yeah, I'm kind of an adult, but maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of flirting with it because I had a friend, a really close friend of mine, call me about like his relationship, and I was like, man, you know, going through this stuff, and I was like, and I just think like, man, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Mm. I have a PlayStation (laughs) Three. You know, it's like, and I and I don't know what I would do if that ever cut off on me. You know, like. so it's like i can't out there's of no there's no way for me to relate that's your
2: like, this, that's your worst this, nightmare is that you'll come home and some other man will be in there playing your playstation 3 right
1: yeah so it's just like you know so i but yeah like you you do get reminded of your adulthood because <laughs> it's, it's hard because i still see my sometimes i still see myself as the 12 year old kid that just wants to you know, play video games and hang out with my friends or whatever, whatever I did back then. Yeah. And
4: and and I know for for me, uh, Chris, is one of those things where uh, I don't ever want to grow up. And because for a lot of people, adulthood sounds fucking boring. Adulthood sounds like it's not fun. Adulthood sounds goddamn stressful. So, you know, I do adult things, you know, and I am an adult. But there's some things that I will never give up. I'll never give up playing video games. I'll never give up watching movies. I'll never give up enjoying life. I'll never give up laughing at shit because the way some people view adulthood, you got to give all that shit up. And I was like, "Oh, that's what adulthood is." Fuck that! I will never be grown then.
1: It's you're right, Karen. It's crazy. Like, cause I don't want to give up those things either. And and I like being my age and everything like that. But like I was yesterday, I went to Sonic. And I ate my food, and I was listening to, like, I was listening to Dan Levitard's podcast, radio show on podcast, and I started playing Flappy Bird, and I don't think I left that drive-in for, like, an hour. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, this is what adulthood, this is what being single is, playing a video game on your phone and not having to answer to anybody
2: Mm mm-hmm that's isn't it funny how really the like the way i I can't speak for everybody but the way i measure my adulthood has all has really been by being able to do the quote-unquote childish shit that i wanted to do but my parents wouldn't let me right so it's like a whole lot of like I can go watch this movie and no one can stop me, and it's the middle of the fucking day. I can oh, yeah. play my video game. I'm I, gonna watch this pornography. I'm gonna drink this alcohol. I'm like, yes, it's, I'm like, gonna eat all the chocolate. Yeah, it's all just shit like that where it's like no one can ever take my Xbox One controller and put it on top of a refrigerator. Now, ah. now it's my I'm the one who's tall enough to touch a refrigerator. I'm protesting. You
1: know? Yeah. It's a it's a constant thing, but you do have to self you have to parent yourself too, and that's that's sort of, yeah. I I have to make sure that I'm doing that. And I think most people are constantly you know in their heads about stuff where it's just like, right. oh, I gotta I do have to do these things because I think mean, most most adults are responsible. Like right. you know you go to work and you pay your bills and you do have to give yourself a, a little cut yourself a little slack. Yeah. And not I mean it's funny
2: though because it's still the uh, the one hour a day of video games I wanted to play anyway. It's never like, oh, yeah. I play video games 37 hours. Like It's always like, man, I played this two hours a day, and then I kick my own ass because our parents have still programmed us by being good parents to have that parental voice. It's like, isn't that enough video games, Rod? And you're like, who the fuck said <laughs> that? It's it, true, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's your it's- brain. It's very true because I was, I was playing, I don't, I feel like I don't play my video games enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've, I've had this conversation with people before and they told me I was a little bit arrogant when I said like, you know, I haven't played a video game better than The Last of Us and, uh, I just, I don't know that I, if I ever will. So they were saying that, you know, well, you gotta kinda just put that to the side a little bit because there's other games out there, but. I don't know. Haven't found one yet. So
4: yeah, and 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 I think for me, when it comes to adulthood, everybody, no matter how old you are, you're constantly growing and learning as a person. You never get to the point where you know it all. And I also think that a lot of times, other people have very boring, fucked up, non non happy lives. And a lot of times, if they see you doing what you want to do and being happy, sometimes I think a lot of people are very jealous and petty. And they feel like, well, my life's fucked up. You know, I'm married, got kids. I don't want, got a wife. I don't, I don't like to have sex with. Why don't you come over here and join this too? And it's one of yeah. those things where, you know, I'm, that's back to that adult thing. If that's being an adult, I don't want any of it.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Plus, some of the shit with being an adult just sucks. So yeah, yeah. I, I like the, the, I just like the fact that I can, Pick for myself what the fuck I want to do. Um, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on, man. But first things first, uh, this is the Blackout Tips Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, uh, all those places. Just put in the Blackout Tips and we'll come up. And we we'll appreciate everybody that takes the time out to do that. Uh, the official weapon of the show is... The taser. An unofficial sport. It's bullet ball. At bullet ball extreme. And today's podcast is brought to you by double sponsored, guys. Woo-hoo. Let's uh start with uh I don't know, let's start with the sexiest sponsor. Let's see if I can find some sexy music. Oh, I almost clicked on John Legend. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> never, never John Legend. You don't make sexy music. Oh Lord. That's right. Um let me find some some actual sexy music. Um am I the am I the only one that thinks that uh John Legend doesn't make sexy music? Is it just He me? makes he makes elevator music. Yeah, 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 nah, I believe he's, that. He's,
1: yes, he's very talented. I just, uh, he doesn't do it for me. Yeah.
2: No,
4: i vote, I like the first one. After that, nothing else. Everything right. else was terrible to me.
5: Here's some sexy Same. music. Okay. Well,
2: that's. Uh, Carl Thomas is talking about cheating. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. Not unless you put on. Cheating. Wait,
1: so how about some Jesse Boykins the third?
2: Jesse, I've never even heard of that that person. Uh, Jesse, that's that's unless my to say
1: it's just J J E S S E Boykins B O Y K N S.
2: Now my what song? I wish I would go
1: three. Go go with grayscale. That's the first. You could go with grayscale or show me who you
2: are. This is this is grayscale. Okay. and your newfangled sexy music anyway (laughs) ladies and gents are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom Mm -hmm. have you been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie that no one can tell you what to do because you are your own boss now your parents don't live with you well here's an offer you won't be able to resist Like touching your genitals, go to AdamAndEve.com and for a limited time only, you can get fifty percent off of just about any item. But that's not all. In addition to your fifty percent off, you also receive three count them three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift. So sensual, I can't even tell you what it is. And to top it all off, they even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out AdamandEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off of one item when you put in the code TBGWT for checkout. And when you do, you get three free adult DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. over code TBGWT at AdamandEve.com. There you go. And uh, uh, Grayscale did not do it for me. It just felt sad.
1: No, it's sexy. Like, I mean, I I think Jesse Boykin's is one of the beacons of hope when it comes to the R and B soul genre, mm-hmm. where you have like I feel like white dudes are taking over. Like you got you got like Sam Smith, you got what's the guy Daily, uh, you know you got Timberlake, mm-hmm. and it's like not that many black dudes. It's some out there. Like Foreign Exchange, like they're they're killing it for uh, adult contemporary stuff. But Jesse Borkins was on uh, one of their records.
2: I just, uh, I just feel like sad is the new sexy. Like, I've outlived this generation. Like, everything is so, like, I want to split my wrist, but first let me get some pussy. Like, no, that's... no it's just,
1: that, that, I think that record, he's just, like, it's just very sensual. Now, maybe show me who you are is a little little sexier. I'm, I'm scared to it's... click
2: on it now because it might also be one of those, and now I'm in the house and now I'm going to kill myself. He <laughs>
1: He's got upbeat songs like it's a like to me. That's one. That's a, his album Love Apparatus is one of my favorite uh, albums of the year so far. Uh, because he, what I like about him, like he sort of has those some of those mid tempo songs and that I dig. But uh, you know, just on a superficial level. But I think he's got lyrics and he's talented. I saw him live at uh, the Knitting Factory. Uh, earlier what, late, late last month. He's great. I think he's great. All
2: right. Well look, I'm not trying to mean your musical stylings and taste. Just Oh saying, no, but some you know, you might not
1: dig some yeah, of the chat from, room like, people I can't see what they're saying in the chat room, but
2: uh you know, they
1: might be into it. Like you I know,
2: don't even know. like uh what the fuck was that? Um those people that fuck The Weekend. I don't even like them.
1: Well that's a little that too is. I don't know too much about him. I have heard a couple of his records and he's fine, but it's you know, I I that's not my that's not really my speed, but it's yeah. all right.
4: And and what was that you played, uh, the feedback, that girl? I didn't like that music either. Yesterday morning, you was playing some girl, and you were saying she oh, was overrated.
2: Oh, L- Lana Del Rey. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan.
1: I don't know too much about her either. Yeah, I know she, she's popular.
2: She is a somber-sounding white chick. Um, We also have another sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Shadow Dog Productions and they have a brand new rod and karen Deadroom interview up on youtube this time we sit down with chris Gaines and mentalist and friend of the show eric Dubel. uh they talk about acting the tv series and an interesting theory about what's really going on in those roadrunner cartoons uh you can check it out on youtube it's also on our website theblackoutils.com uh just check that out it should be on the first front front page still and you can pick it up uh Help them out by liking the video and leaving comments. Thank you, everybody. that takes time out to do that. Um, Let's talk about different things going on in life. Number one, uh, this morning, Outside the Lines was airing um, a special about Rashad McCants and Roy Williams and how uh, Rashad McCants says they could just, like, not even go to class and still get passing grades and they were there to play basketball more than anything else and you know when i hear stuff like that it just makes me go well this is why you should be paying players rather than trying to pretend that you're educating them cuz you're not uh-huh. and um some dude on twitter uh was like uh the bunk is on twitter he was like well the parents should know that you know the coaches are full of shit when they come there and recruit their kids and say they're going to help them get an education and I was like, why are we blaming the victims here? Right. The coaches yeah. are the ones who tell that lie when they come in your house. When are, like, at what point is a university or a coach responsible at all for the shit that comes out of their mouths? Like, so now the coach is the victim? Cause that was the thing about this outside the lines. The coaches were painting themselves as the victim. I've never seen anyone backpedal that fast in my life, dude. Like, Darrell Reeves can't backpedal as fast as these coaches were on TV going, uh, well, you know, I'm just a coach. I just work here. I, I don't, I, I can't even talk to professors. It's, it's illegal. So, uh, they can talk to me, but uh, they rarely hit me up. <laughs> and like, that's such bullshit because when you walk in a house, you're like, I'm going to make sure your boy gets an education. I know he's the first mm-hmm. one in your family to go to college. They make a lot of promises. Your boy going to be
4: safe. I'm going to be like his dad. Like, they make a lot of promises. Yeah, and
2: then another, uh. another excuse they have is, well, it's only a handful of athletes that get this kind of treatment anyway. And, you know, that's the problem is some athletes think they're above it all. And here's the thing. Those athletes are above it all. Those yeah. those handful of a- athletes are the crux of what's wrong with the NCAA. It's the greed for less than 1% of athletes that are going to become professional athletes that is causing the entire system to be corrupted. You know, like they're so scared of what a program like Carolina looks like if you take away all the guys that are going to the NBA, if you take away all the guys that uh should be able to get paid for what they do. They're so scared of what that looks like that they're violating rules left and right. And uh, in the end of the day, it really hurts the programs more, you know, because the programs end up losing money, losing scholarships, going on suspension, academic probation, all this shit. Um, A lot of times it hurts the reputation of the kids because they always get blamed for this shit. It's always why didn't the kid just do the test? Because he doesn't fucking want to go to college in the first place. He has to. You're forcing him to do something he did not want to do. He wanted to go and be rich and get paid and have options that way. He didn't go, man, I can't wait to turn all these years of basketball into an upstanding fine education. That is a secondary goal like a motherfucker. Everybody's like, I want to go to the NBA. So yeah, it's, it was really weird to see people come down on it, and it's really weird to see people cover for these coaches, because if nothing else, they're at least complicit in it, it by looking the other way and lying uh, to your parents' face, and then going back to school and being like, "I can't, I don't have no control over the education." What is that? I just control basketball. I just, I'm a janitor. I just work here.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I watched it too, and and that's about the third or fourth story that they've done on it since it actually came out. And you got people saying, you know, Rashad McCants is snitching, and it seems like to me, I was trying to, I was thinking about it, like, why would he, why would he lie? Why does he have a reason to uh, lie about that? And it didn't really seem like he did. Granted, maybe he didn't have. And I heard some, ooh, somebody was trashing him. Uh, I don't remember what, if it was an NCAA coach or an NBA coach. That was trashing Rashad McCants. You know, they said, "Well, he wasn't the best player, and he had a bad attitude." But why does that matter? I mean, th- these guys are indentured servants, and you want to treat them like they're amateur athletes, but you're holding them up to all these expectations of you got to win this, and you got to be this for this school, you got to be everything for this this uh, program. And then when you mess up, you they eviscerate them on the news, like mm-hmm. on ESPN, like they're constantly. Trying to fuck up their money when they ended the draft, and he said, "Oh, I don't like how you know he wipes his wipes the sweat off his face and time out." <laughs> so, right. like, I'm a I'm a I think he should drop in draft status. You yeah, know,
2: it's, it's really weird because you're hyper analyzing fucking 18 year olds, 17 year olds, 19 year olds and shit, and people are going, "Well, they should know how to make the best decisions for their future at all times." It's like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing at that age. Not even nobody. You. And just yeah. because you're envious of their position, which they've earned, by the way, you're envious of a position they put in the work to get, um, doesn't it mean that they're no longer humans and don't have the same motivations as all of us. Like, it's, it's weird how people divorce themselves from that. But, yeah, I was watching this, you know, and it's blaming the parents. Like, some of these parents have never even been to college. Right. And, and here you go going. Well, look, uh, the parents should know that the, the coaches are just gonna lie to them. Not every parent is that fucking savvy for one. Two, these coaches are great liars. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so great, they got you on Twitter defending them. That's how great they are. I don't even know anything about academics. I'm just, ai just rolled the ball out and we play. Like, okay, if you believe that bullshit, you know, uh, somehow this guy's able to roll the ball out and just practice to the tune of millions of dollars a year, but not savvy enough to go to a house and lie to some people that possibly don't have any experience with college basketball or recruiting or the rig system that it is like, it's just such bullshit. And, um, you know, I get that Rashard McKenzie might not be the most upstanding person to fucking level these accusations and you can attack him personally on that. if you want to, but it's so funny because, uh, people keep missing the point because they would rather it's a shell game. They would rather be like, well, Carolina, is a dirty program, uh-huh. not not the NCAA. Is just a dirty fucking institution where we end up with someone. Like there's one of these stories every couple of months from everyone. Like,
4: yeah,
2: and everyone's just concentrating on who the story's not about at the time and missing the bigger picture, which is that these kids really shouldn't be in college.
5: Mm-mm.
4: Yeah. So anyway, Mm-mm. and and to me, uh, it frustrates me because ESPN do this. Uh, and they cover it like when they cover the N-word. You bring it up, you talk about it, but at the end of the day, nothing's going to goddamn change. So you're wasting time. You're not really bringing up any real solutions. You're not really talking about changing the system or any of that. Well,
2: in all fairness, they put the most pressure on sports probably like, because they don't have to talk about this shit. Like, But they do. It's not like ESPN can make the NCAA change, but they can put pressure on them, which they do. You know, they like, they're the ones who bring these conversations to the forefront and it becomes like, you know, a big part of the news cycle. And I think they're part of the reason that there has been some changes. Uh, remember yeah. that story about how the kid from UConn was like, man, I go to bed hungry every night. And yeah. people were like, oh, that's bullshit. And then they, and then ESPN looked into it and was like, no, it's true. Like, you can fucking have a scholarship, and there's restrictions on how much you can eat so and when you can get served. And if you don't get back by this time, you don't get to fucking eat. And it's like, well, we'll the NCAA changed that rule, like, immediately. So, you know, I don't want to say ESPN is the problem in this, because I don't think they are. I, I think they actually bring a lot of this to light. We wouldn't know about it if ESPN didn't cover it.
4: No, I'm not saying that they're the problem. It's just one of those things where some things they bring up, it's like, okay, you bring this up. Uh, for these changes to take place, it will be something that they have to consistently, consistently talk about and bring up because it's going to die down. Something's going to happen. They're going to talk about it again. It's going to die down. Something's going to happen. They're going to talk about it again. And like you said, the real issue isn't the schools itself. It's just the the institution that is over the schools that has the issues, and that's the thing nobody really wants to talk about.
2: Well, you know what, though? They will bring it up when something else happens. And the system's so fucked up, something else will happen. Like, it's consistently every month or so and now this school's in trouble again and now that school's in trouble again but it's so weird because when you talk to college fans they're just so stupid because most of the time they're just like well my school isn't in trouble right now so that's i'm winning and you're like yeah. the fact that that is part of the quote-unquote game to you that's part right. of the enjoyment that you get out of college sports is who's currently being caught is what's wrong with the fucking system and is what's wrong with us as fans to even have these fucking discussions man it's 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 really weird um another thing that happened um and this is more for uh chris Lambeth because uh, he's a comedian he goes up does open mics he uh works hard um have you heard about Rob delaney I read
1: the piece that you posted on Facebook is that the one
2: yeah, yeah, he's twitter famous.
5: Yeah,
2: and uh, he got a stand-up um, like special. He's getting a sitcom or TV show. Um, he, he's blowing up, man. On Thursday, for, former New York City resident and current Twitter hashtag Cool Dad Rob Delaney returned to the city to perform the first of his six upcoming shows at Caroline's on Broadway. The Underground Comedy Club has hosted countless names in the trade. Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle, people like that, Chris Lambert. After a period period of two years during which Delaney released a comedy special, published a memoir, and received the green light for an upcoming TV show with Irish comedian Sharon Horgan, his place among these established names only becomes further legitimized by performing in this same revered space. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I think Skype messed up for a second.
2: Oh, okay. Uh what what part did it mess up? Sorry.
1: When you asked me about Rob Delaney.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You, so have you heard of him? Uh I guess must have Yeah. Up.
1: Yeah, I know he's uh super Twitter famous and he's uh the only stand up I've seen of his was the uh his uh Jimmy Kimmel set that got scrubbed from the internet, I guess when he kind of bombed. Mhm and i know he's really popular on twitter i don't i don't follow him but i i see that you know he's got a lot of followers and he's got a book deal and all that yeah so. he's got
2: 1 million followers got an upcoming tv show comedy special um a memoir like just a a lot of shit man it's all from twitter he has 1 million followers from twitter and you know uh you know somebody uh, was reviewing it on thecomplex.com and they said his Netflix special, they thought was really bad because he was, he was stiff. He had never really seen the, he didn't see the, it wasn't the same as Twitter where everything's like a complete thought. There's no segue. There's no, you don't have to have add on jokes. And
4: I don't think a lot of people understand that there are a lot of people that are hilarious on Twitter, but you talk to them in person or you put them on the stage. Where everything isn't fixed, it's not 140 characters. You literally have to keep people's attention. It, and people fold. Every everybody isn't built for that.
1: Yeah, I was I was just talking. I talked to a few rappers on my podcast, and I was just telling them, asking them about a live perform, being a, a live performer, and you can't. It's like you can't hide behind your tweets. Like when you first start, like and as far as rap is concerned, I'll make this. I'll get. We'll get to comedy. But you could sound good on your record, but then the live experience is a, is a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and it's like you, you have to be, you have to bring more to it because people are actually paying to see you. Uh, you can't hide behind your tweets and like stand up is like, I'm much funnier than I am on Twitter than in, I'm much funnier in real life than I am on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a, it's an experience, you know, like you have to, you can't, there's nowhere to hide when you're on stage. You can't hide anywhere when you're up there for an for an hour or however long you're doing a set. And it's it's uh there's nowhere to hide. You and, and you gotta you gotta learn somehow and the only way you learn is by getting on stage as, as much as you can.
4: And and to me this goes back to the uh, people who actually run a lot of this stuff, when they look and search for people a lot of times they look and search for things that are outside of the person being funny. Do you look good? How many Twitter followers you have? How many Facebook? How many it's OK? That's nice. But are they funny? Can, yeah. can, can, they, can they relate to the audience? How can they
2: put in the work? Well, you know right. what it is, is they're now trying to find ways to capitalize on other on your brand. Like and I think this is the ultimate example yeah. of that, where hey, maybe you're not really a quote-unquote comedian, you know, uh, that has done stand-up and really practiced and been in the game for 10 years, but you do have a million people that will tweet you and retweet you and all this stuff. Um, It reminds me of when uh, I was listening to a podcast and somebody called themselves a comic and they had never done stand-up or whatever, um, and I was like, huh, I wonder as a podcaster... If, if I, if people would consider me a comedian, um, for what we do, since we do a funny show five times a week. Now, I don't have any, like, attachment to that word. I don't really even care. But I just wanted to see what people thought about it. And, you know, some people were like, yeah, 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 you're a comedian to me. I mean, you make me laugh and all this shit. And then, like, some stand-up comics came in, like, JL Covan, Brandy. They were like, no, not a comedian. You gotta do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, cool. You know, that's more my thinking. Is that you need to put in time on a stage or something before you can say that. But um, it's kind of funny because if the industry doesn't consider that a fucking issue, then you know what I mean. Like, then what is being a comedian if the industry is like, oh no, get this dude a TV show. He has a million followers. Uh, we'll just go ahead and put him on TV right now. And and
5: go ahead.
2: I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. And to me. It's just like music.
4: We got away from real talent. We got away from people that could play instruments, people that could really sing. Industry got in there. They go, okay, you're 120 pounds, pretty girl, with some hips. We'll put a little bit of makeup on you. Tweak your voice a little bit. dash out there. And you should sell because this is what they say should sell, and that's kind of how they're doing comedians. They're like not really looking at what is comedy and what's funny. They go, "Well, you check off of these criterias, we can take you and make you funny." But unlike music, it is not the same. You either funny or you're not. You can't make someone funny.
1: Right. It's it's true. I mean, they're they're going by what they. they well, this guy can sell tickets. We can market this guy, this guy, Delaney already has his thing. We can put him at Caroline's. He's going to sell out because he's got those followers. So they, people, it's the economy is so bad right now. You don't see people taking, you don't see the industries, entertainment taking too many risks, Mm. you know, like that's why you have transformers Four. that's why you have 22 jump street, you know, like that's, that's more bankable than an indie movie that somebody put their heart and soul in that that's a good movie, but maybe not that many people will go see it.
2: Yeah. And you when know? you're reading a tweet, there's no, uh, stumbling, there's no stuttering, there's mm-hmm. no, uhs, there's no cadence issues. Uh, you know, like I read the tweet in the voice that I believe is in and I, you know, understand it that way but then when you're saying the same sentence out loud it might not come across with the same timing. Mhm. You know?
1: Yeah, you yeah, you can't just read your tweets on stage. I mean it's yeah, like it's a certain I don't know, like I I like I'm going to be I just going to make, I'll make this announcement on your podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be headlining at Caroline in September, September 2nd.
2: Wow. Congratulations, man. Yes. Thank
1: you. Thank you. It's a, it's a, they have a series called the breakout artist series and they have like new, a lot of the comics up and coming comics do it. Like you get your night to headline, you pick your host and your feature and you do like 45 to an hour and you, you try to bring, you try to bring people, but Mm -hmm. I've, I've, They've asked me to do it a few times. I push it away, and I said to myself, you know, this is the time now to really do it and challenge myself at my level. I'll be, I'll be probably like the end of this month, I'll be doing stand-up for five years. Mm. And I was just like, you know, I was like, I need, to, I need to push myself, and I need to have something to work for. Work toward. Now, I'm not famous. I have right now probably 1,100 Twitter followers as we speak. Mm-hmm. but whoever comes to that show uh tickets are going to be five dollars I think if you use the code breakout uh, I'll post the link eventually but whoever comes to that show I want them to get a good show from me
2: right
1: I don't have to be like I I was I'm not famous I haven't been on TV I've been on a a, a, a Fisher peanuts commercial. That aired on ESPN2 during women's fast pitch softball. (laughs) I've been on, I've had, I've been on TV a little bit, but what I'm saying is like my concern, my objective is to give those people a good show, not because I have like Twitter fought because that's my obligation. Right. That's, I feel like that's my (laughs) obligation to do with somebody that says like I'm going to, I'm gonna put myself out there and, and, uh, you're gonna put your money down. You're gonna get a babysitter. You're gonna pay for parking or you're paying for a train. You people don't realize the sacrifice that people make just to come out. Right. Like you might have, you might have, you might have said, Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I put in, I put in, you know, when you see your favorite performer, you think about, you buy this ticket in advance. And you put, you take, you take off work. You might take the next day off work. You're paying for drinks and you're paying for food and you're paying for drinks after the show. So that's something I try to consider. And that's why people like me, like a JL, like a lot of, like a Brandy, like people that you, like Brandy Brown, like people you, that other comedians you've had on this show. That's why people bust their ass by doing these open mics. So when they put them, when people come to see them, they see a good show. Right, they have a good time, and that's regardless of whether you who's famous or not. Nobody gives a shit about how much, how many Twitter follows you have, or oh, what kind oh. of degrees you have. When you get on stage, are you entertaining me?
2: Yeah, and yeah. The, I mean, and then from the industry standpoint, they're looking at it as, are we going to get money? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, of course. And yeah. to them, they can sell out an arena because this dude has a lot of Twitter followers and people will come out to see people they know on Twitter because, um, you know, there's a connection there
4: but, but, that, but,
2: that, that, that people have, uh, to your personal life and stuff. Care, what were you going to say?
4: But to me, is there any longevity
2: in that? Because, well, yeah. we don't know. This okay. is new. This is really, this actually is kind of new. Like, okay you know, um, honestly, this dude could, you know, work hard. Um, behind the scenes, uh, talk, you know, talk to some people, get some advice. Okay. Uh, and prove his craft, pr- practice his yeah. act. Like, it's possible this dude could become the guy because he, you know, also in, in addition to having his Twitter famousness, he also went out and put in the work. And then by the time you, you really see him on your TV, you're like, Oh, who is this guy? This guy's good, you know? Yeah. So it's what? not impossible, but it's just, You know, this is all new.
1: And I, yeah, and I think Karen was alluding to something that's actually right. People, they'll come to your shit. They'll come to Rob Delaney's thing or Mm -hmm. somebody like him, but will they come back?
5: Right.
1: Mm. Like, you got to want them to come. You got to give. Like, when you hear, when I hear some of my favorite comedians talk, like, uh, like Bill Burr or like you'll say like you know yeah you might sell all these tickets but like I'm not going to do the same material if I was in Kansas City last year and I come back this year and do the same act they're not going to come back
2: yeah yeah and I mean coming back and that that's shit. what I'm, what I'm saying is we don't know yet because yeah. it's new like maybe they come back and maybe we're like wow apparently you can fucking become a comedian via Twitter you know what I mean or maybe it's like Yeah, this is a terrible idea. This, you know, like he's not good, and people don't like it, and it's not as good live. And you know, of course, following someone on Twitter is way easier than buying a concert, taking a day off, you Mm know, all that shit. But it's it's a very interesting time, I guess. Um, But yeah, it, it was it was funny reading this review because it was a lot of like, yeah, he's funny on Twitter, but not as funny in real life. And it's like, well, that seems like that would make a complete that makes complete sense you know yeah like how would you translate that to real life it's so like you would need to practice that so much it takes people years to get that shit on stage and twitter's not the same um
4: no it's not and me and roger have seen people bomb and do terrible and have awkward moments and looking at the crowd like y'all gonna laugh and we looking at him like that shit ain't funny so it's completely different and crowds can be rough yeah, they are. But, but yeah, you, what,
1: I was hosting a show mm-hmm. Thursday night, and it, it was a good show. Uh, it was packed house. There are people that were coming to see specific people, and I didn't know any of the people. But I could, I, I had to take the bullet. I mean, as a host, you're the first person that walks on stage, so you know what you have to do. But I eventually, I won them over because that's I, I was doing my job. But so you have to be able to to go up there and. And do your job because that's what they're that's what they're expecting from you. And I went on a bit of a tangent, but I'm sorry.
2: It's all right, mm-hmm. man. Like I, I mean, I, I get what you, where you're going with mm-hmm. it. I, I, like I said, I don't. I just think it's gonna be an interesting time because maybe this is the new wave, maybe this is the next thing, and these guys are gonna, you know, the people. Because I mean, in a large part uh chris harwick has a huge connection with his audience through social media yes he does but but then when you get to the show he delivers yes you know because he put in so much work it's gonna be interesting to see people come at it from the other angle of here's a huge following can we make this guy a person that people want to go see like i i don't know the right answer honestly but it's it's very interesting that this motherfucker got comedy central spe- i mean got like a, a stand-up special on netflix and all that shit like that's pretty interesting because i didn't think we were at that point yet where it's like oh i don't actually do stand-up but i'll take this special yeah it, it's gonna be
4: interesting to see and to me um sometimes i wonder kind of and i guess i can ask Chris this how other comedians feel when you're going I've worked hard at my craft. I've been at this for years, but I can't get a goddamn glance. But yet you let somebody come along who does this and you just put them all in the spotlight.
1: Well, it's just it's you have to use that for your for fuel. I'm sure you guys see that or where other you guys are doing well, but I'm sure you look up at other podcasts like we should be on this motherfucker. You know, whatever whatever <laughs> your you know, whatever field you're in, you always see that. So it's it's not the same, but it's it, I mean it's the so it's the same. Uh it's just a different field. And I see people like again, I'm I'm only five I'm only five years in, but I've I've put in training beyond those five years that I've been doing stand up as trying to be somebody as an entertainer that people will rely on when they see my name attached to something. I want people to say, Oh, Chris Lambert's in that. I'll check it out. Cause I like that guy. Like mm. I use the, the example of who you think of your favorite actor right now, and you would probably go see them, whatever they're in. Like, like mm. for me right now, that guy is Michael B. Jordan. Like I would go check out what he's doing. Cause I, I know the guy's going to deliver cause he mm. has a track record. So, you just, I just use that as fuel to say, well, I gotta get better. I gotta get funnier. And, and when somebody eventually gives me a shot, I mean, I, I'll, I won't be afraid. I'll be battle
4: tested. I, I mean, wonder,
2: uh, I, I wonder if it's gonna make comedians take social media a little more seriously. Yeah, like, cause a lot of cause them. Cause I always look at how comedians use it and it's like, they don't always use it to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Um, And, uh, I think, you know, sometimes you, you gotta hold back because, you don't want to give all your material away on social media. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you definitely don't want to be like, well, then I showed up and he just did his Twitter jokes. But but, (laughs) uh, to a a certain extent, it's like, you know, some people take it so serious and they've managed to, like, make it into something that makes money for them. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, I follow a lot of comedians, listen to a lot of comedian podcasts and shit, and a lot of times they're, like, so flippant with the idea of, like, you know, why would Facebook, maybe... It's like, well, because motherfuckers will like you and be like, I want to give you my money. <laughs> yeah, like, they'll follow you, they'll yeah. go to your show, more people <laughs> will turn
4: out because they know.
2: Yeah, it would be like, to me, it's like the idea of shitting on tickets. You know what I mean? Like, why would t- you sell tickets to a comedy show? It's like, because that's how you make the fucking money, man. like Do you want to show this? up or
4: not? This is where they are. They're not on the street <laughs> corner taking flyers anymore, sir.
1: It's where Yeah, it's where everybody's at. And I mean, I think for... You're only gonna have a few people that it really balloons up for, you know, like a yeah. Rob Delaney, like Dame Cook with MySpace, mm-hmm. and you have like you know Donald Glover with the YouTube when with his uh, Derek team mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's only you know it's gonna pop off big time for a lot of for a few a small percentage of people, but uh, I think you you got to use it to to show who you are. Like I have the podcast, I have the Twitter, the Facebook, and and I'm on Instagram, and you know, yeah. like the the people, and you guys have been helpful with getting me people that actually like me for some reason. Right. And and the the people that listen, you know, I was having pro- problems with the podcast because uh, Podbean was trying to say I didn't pay my bill, but mm-hmm. they take it from my PayPal every month, mm-hmm. and and I was I didn't load it on the time when I did, and. The homie Carl, the Haitian, reached out to me and said, Hey man, you, go, you got a podcast this week? What's going on? And I was like, Oh shit, that's some, that's a person, example of a person that looks forward to, to what I do. And right. I, and that, and, and you know that, and, and it's, it's nice. It, it's not, I don't have, I'm not in the high numbers, but I think the people that like me, they're gonna, they're gonna stick around and there's, right. there's, and so it's, it's, it's just a matter of, uh, just trying to keep evolving. And the people that I like have been doing it. People that I look up to in comedy have been doing it for 20 plus years. You know, like, you, know
2: you know, what I think is is like hoes comedians back on social media? It's really other comedians. Like, mm-hmm. like I think a lot of comics, at least from the context clues I picked up, they care about which comedians follow them. And that's the wrong way to look at it. It should be about which fans follow you. Because if so-and-so unfollows you because you tweet about pretty little liars too much F- <laughs> fuck them they, they weren't gonna pay for anything for you they weren't gonna buy yeah. a ticket they weren't but there might be somebody that loves pretty little liars that goes oh i was not following chris lambert oh this dude's a comedian oh he yeah, has a podcast oh I he's it like like that's how the shit works not but comedians are all like oh no uh mike kaplan's gonna unfollow me it's like well you know that he, you know, I Mike Adams a great person. It, it can't. That is not as important as a fan. I'm following you because you don't ever tweet about shit.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's sort of a dance that you play to. You want your friends because I see people like when some of my friends will like a a certain thing or they'll retweet something. I'm like, oh shit, that guy like like there's a, a you know I, I somebody favorited a tweet that I had one time. I was like, oh shit. -hmm. But I mean, you gotta, and that's nice when you're, you're, you get respect from from your people that are on another level than you and stuff like that. It's always cool, but um, you gotta, you gotta do, you gotta try to be more who you are as opposed to trying to please everybody and just be, be, well, be thankful for the people that are that like you, but just be, try to be more of who you are because that's going to attract a certain type of person. And if you, if you bring your tour to them, those are the people that are gonna see you and say, oh, I was, I like, I remember that guy when he was just tweeting about pretty little liars and now he's doing a comedy show in this basement. I'm gonna go see him.
2: Respect is priceless, but it's also free. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Chelsea, speaking of uh, respect, Chelsea Handler has inked a mega deal for Netflix late night show. So Netflix is gonna get a late night show like, Man, they're really blowing up. I, I, I wonder how they're gonna do it. Are they gonna like have it at a certain time every night, like TV? Are they gonna record a week's worth of episodes and then you just like turn it on? Um, but she's getting, it doesn't start till like, uh, two years from now, but next year she's getting like some comedy documentary. She's getting an hour long stand up special. Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty futuristic thinking, man. I was wondering what she was gonna do after she left chel uh chelsea lately on e because you know the huge thing was like well she didn't get one of the late night gigs on the network tv so where is that for her to go and uh this netflix thing seems extremely um forward thinking and and i think it's smart it's whoever owns netflix is
4: really considering the future i think netflix wants to get to the point where they are basically their own station it's like yeah you go for Mm -hmm. the movies but now we've got our own TV series. And now yeah. you know, you, you you come for the movies, but now we got our own late night special. You know, mm-hmm. so I think they wanna get to the point where uh they want uh people to feel justified for giving them money because they go we're cheaper than cable. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more people sign up the better it is for them and actually the more content you get as as somebody that uh purchases Netflix I think this is great because not only does this open a door for her, it opens up the door for other people. Who knows? They might turn around and uh, give one to Arsenio Hall. They might turn around, you know what I mean, and give give them to other people where they go, okay, you might not be for a major network, but we'll put you here because you might have a fan base here that might not care or or might not want to pay for cable. Yeah.
1: It's true. I mean, and they make pretty good content. I mean, then Orange is the New Black is a, I don't know if you guys watch it, but I, I had, did not plan on binging on season two, uh, to whenever it came out, but I did, you know, it, it, it drew me in. And the way that they release content is, uh, is, I, I, can you say revolutionary? I don't know if it, is it revolutionary? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do, do I, I wanna, mm-hmm. Don't want to, don't want to speak in hyperbole, but hell, fuck it. It is because people are always talking about, and they're winning awards. Like they're yeah. not, it's not just, you know, they're, they're winning awards and they're drawing attention from, a lot of people and, 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 uh, people are really enjoying it. So well, they, it's only to grow.
2: They say the revolution will not be televised. Indeed. So it is not being televised. It's being watched right. on Netflix. Um, yes, it is. But, uh, yeah, she, you know, and I know that Chelsea Handler apparently is kind of controversial a little bit with some people, like people didn't like she made jokes about Lapita Nuango and, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Brad Pitt and, uh, Ari, uh, and uh, and uh, uh Angelina Jolie and uh all that stuff but um I don't really follow her that much cuz I don't watch late night shows so um you know is is I guess it's just be interesting I might catch her stuff more now than I would have yeah. because I don't watch late night but she's going to also get four documentary like comedy doc, docu comedy specials one um with her learning about things one is NASCAR One's politics, Silicon Valley, and then the other's the NBA draft. Then in 2016, that's when they'll do the uh, late night TV, uh, like on-demand late night TV show. So, yeah, I just thought it was very interesting, you know.
1: It is. It's really cool. I mean, I think uh, two years ago, uh, Bill Burr released his uh, special you people are all the same and it was only digital. And that was for, for a minute, a fair, maybe for like a few months. Mm-hmm. That was the only way you could see the special. And that was something that made me get Netflix streaming. Like I originally, uh, originally just had the disc. And I was like, Bill Burr's releasing this special on there and that's the only way I can see it. I guess I'm signing up for Netflix.
2: Exactly. It's so smart. Um, speaking yeah. of, uh, comedians, uh, think like a man 2 star Kevin Hart. Firmly told, CNN's Don Lemon, there's no comparison between the severity of the two terms, the N-word and Redskins. It's not on the same bar. Oh, boy. What's in the name? Kevin Hart has some thoughts on the topic during his appearance on the National Syndicated Radio Show. Tom Join the morning show June 19th. The Think Like a Man 2-star ended up in a spirited debate with CNN's Don Lemon over whether the N-word and the Washington Redskins team name could be seen as being equally harmful. Hmm. Um, you know, here's the thing. I didn't hear the segment, but I'm going to bet Don Lemon was saying something stupid. No. Uh, somebody
1: then, pulling their pants.
2: Off. Right. And then Kevin Hart reacted to it. But the bigger context of the entire discussion is the oppression Olympics are dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter which yeah. one's worse they're both fucked up right they both yeah. oppressed people yeah like you shouldn't be calling people just like you wouldn't call someone to re- like he like kevin hart says well i ain't never called nobody no redskin. uh you said while trying to buy a car hart said when lemon asked whether the nfl team's name is becoming an offensive slur like the n-word i've never been mad like get out of my this restaurant you redskin. and uh at that point someone should ask have you ever seen a native american (laughs)
5: well
1: well, you know what i mean that's a very uh basic level of of dealing with a situation like that Mm -hmm. i think uh our country our society is evolving and slowly but it's evolving nonetheless and so we gotta look at this Mm -hmm. we got i think we do need to change the name I think we should and I think, you know, it's been historically the Redskins have, have been an organization that has been pretty late to the party on a lot of things. One of the last teams to uh integrate uh you know uh that the George Preston Marshall had try to get uh Bobby Mitchell to sing old Dixie songs like the Graydon fucking songs and, and everything like that. Uh we they gotta change it. Yeah. am i more concerned oh i'm not gonna lie to you i hope that they have players that can block for my black quarterback rg3
5: mm-hmm.
1: uh i'm more concerned about that but they need to change the name because yeah. more because if the people that it's against that the, if the if the native american people are upset about it they need to change it it's simple yeah, as that
2: also why does it have to be as offensive as nigger before people go? Oh yeah, it's racist. You know what I mean, like it,
5: yeah, it don't we?
2: Be that. Like, like we would never call a team the California chinks or the San Francisco faggots or oh. something like that because we know that those words are fucked up and you don't say them. Right. Some someone was telling me on Twitter today that this guy was like, well, it uh people choose to be offended by the words and you know i would never let a word offend me i was like easy for you to say white man in america but it's you know for other people it does have context and i was like the same reason i don't call my wife a bitch is the same reason that, (laughs) that 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 i know that it's not just like, if I said that to Karen, I can't, and she got mad, I wouldn't be like, well, you just chose to be offended to the word. No, you it, intent matters. Yes, it does. And he was like, well, that's different because it's somebody you love. And I said, well, you're a stranger, right? And he's like, yeah, I was like, if you started this conversation with, hey, nigger, do you think I would be talking to you right now? Cause I wouldn't. I, he All was right. like, well, i didn't look at it that way. It's like, obviously, like, it, it intent matters and there's no good version of, a a racial slur to in this case to be like oh no i got confused i was listening to rap and they call each other redskin we all know that it's fucked up yes it it just shouldn't be done and and society is developing and pushing back on this and you know it's very funny because like this is what progress looks like and people will fight it even while they're just on the side of being wrong because they hate change. They. wasn't right.
4: anything. Yeah, they don't
2: even really have a dog in this fight. Like, mm-hmm. why? Well, I, I mean, isn't it celebrating? Why? W- will your life really be so fucking different if you start calling the Washington Warriors next year? Would it really right. fuck your life up? Would you like lose your job with a kid somewhere, die? Like, if nothing bad would happen <laughs> if you call yeah. this team a different fucking name.
1: People have their so much identity wrapped up into uh, a lot of these. Sports team, and it's uh, it's uh, well they don't call like fan isn't short for fanatic for it's 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 short for fanatic for a reason yeah but I mean people I mean we really gotta we really gotta I just you know know what it is dog
2: I just hate to see black people defend systematic and like dumbass racial oppression sexual oppression i just hate to see it because we know what it feels like and it was used against you so it's like instead we become defensive some of us become defenses where it's like well it's not as bad as us it's like yeah well that was wrong too and this is wrong it's like
1: you got to take the history of the bad shit that happened to yours to your culture as a reason to be empathetic towards others yeah. So if you can't do that, then then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, Roy, like, Wood,
2: Roy yeah. Wood, Roy Wood Jr. had a great joke about um, about that where he was like he he was like he he knew and I don't want to bastardize the joke too much, but the the point was he knew a dude that was upset about the civil rights movement because other people were trying to get rights too now, mm-hmm. and he was <laughs> like he was like that's the fucking point of the civil rights movement, like you can't. Well, now you're yeah. going to use this movement to say you should get rights? It's like, yeah. Exactly what it was intended to do. For
4: everybody. And and the thing for me, and it's funny when people say tradition, there's a lot of goddamn fucked up traditions that have happened in the past that people have protested because it is fucked up.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Alright. Oh, yeah, now nah, they just got to change. Roy Wood Jr. had a great Captain America joke, too. Oh,
2: you my know, God. Right? So good. Yes. That's
1: the best, one of the uh, literally the best comic book joke yeah superhero joke i've ever heard about Dude, life.
2: i've been saying this shit for years in all these time travel where they bring a dude white dude from the past to the future how come they always get the progressive white dude <laughs> they never get the dude that was like niggers what the fuck is going on here like yeah. ever it's always a dude a woman i'm on raper it's legal like you never get that dude that dude always wakes up and is immediately like Finally, we are equals, just like I knew we would be. One day. <laughs> like that's, uh, that is that's, not how it that's, would work. That's,
1: that's another guy, like that's another guy. It's like, why isn't he more in, in a, I know he's on a TV show now, but it's like, a uh, guy should be, you know, you look at him, you think like he should be doing a little more, like he, he should be further along, mm-hmm. like than he is. Like I look at a guy like him and a Moranjo Vance who I've gotten to work with a couple of times. Like, you just look at those guys that are just like, they're just fucking funny. And yeah. it's not, it's not necessarily, it might be a little racial, but at the same time, it's just like, those are people that are funny. Cause yeah. you, cause when you're looking up at these people where I'm at, where I'm at at my level, you kind of look at guys and say, well, if that guy's not making it, what the fuck's gonna happen to me? Mm-hmm.
5: Cause,
1: cause some of your, some of your career, as an entertainer, is invested in the careers of other people, too. Like, it it is sort of a, like, stand-up and and show business is is sort of a, it is a personal, singular thing, Mm -hmm. but you do have to look at the people that are similar to you, that look like you. You got to look at the, you got to want for their success a little bit, too, because that's how you come up. A lot of, well, you, I don't think a lot of people look at that. Well, the,
2: the, I have the answer. Here's the problem with Roy Wood Jr. Um 24,000 Twitter followers, okay? You okay. need a million Twitter followers then you get your stand-up show, you get your special, you get your your uh, radio show, they give you they put you on uh TV, you uh, get your own headlining sitcom. Mm-hmm. You just needs a few a hundred, few hundred thousand more Twitter followers It's the only way it can work. And it's
1: like, to be a black, he did a, he did Moranjo Mar- Vance, he has a podcast called uh, Just Killing Time, and Roy Wood was a guest on there, uh maybe a year or so ago, and he mm-hmm. was saying, like, how you have to be king of the niggers before the white people put you on.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So,
1: like, to so Kevin Hart is that guy right now. Yep. And, and, and I, no knocking him, because he, he worked hard. Now, you say what you will, whether you... Whether you like Like him or not, the guy put in, he he put in that work, Mm -hmm. and that's where he is. Like, so, but it's like, the, the, the trouble with, with show business as it relates to black people is like, it can own, there can almost only be one.
2: Always, which is always, not not understand. It's like the Highlander and shit. Yeah, and it's like, so you got, you got guys
1: like, you know, and you got Chappelle and, and Rock, and those guys are, those are old, to most people they're old they're old they're jedi they're jedi guy and then you got like hannibal burris and then there's a lot of other there's a lot of other funny people i know because i'm involved with it. but for the most part if you're not that guy you ain't shit Yep. so it's just and and and, and white people don't have that they necess- not necessarily they don't have but, where, you kind
2: of need a vehicle to push you to. You need to have the right connections. Like, yeah, it looks like the next dude that they're kind of pushing right now is uh, Damon Wayans Jr. or whatever. And I like
1: him. Yeah, I, like he's yeah.
2: like I, he's got a movie coming out. Uh, he, I think he's in that. Like he's on, he's a, he, has, he was in a Fox sitcom.
1: He was um, in uh, the he was he was on New Girl, yep. and then he went over to Happy Ending, which yeah. should have stayed on. Then he went back to New Girl.
2: So he's definitely like put there. Like I feel like you almost need, a like a vehicle behind, like something pushing you, yeah, to help you get that. Because for for some reason, it's like if you're not in the right circle, you just don't get into the you know the the the. Uh, less kind of like white people's view. Like, you just don't mm-hmm. get into their gaze if mm-hmm. you don't get yeah. pushed. Um, speaking of which, before we even move on, um, Roy Void Jr., um, uh, Things I Think, I Think, uh, his, uh, album for, for this year. We listened to it the other day. It's fucking fantastic. It is. It's oh, excellent. he's got an album out? Yes. yes. Yeah. See, man. I, I gotta
1: get it. Okay.
2: It's so fucking good, man. He, he makes his joke, um, about, um, uh how muslims american how muslims in america get treated wrong and all this shit yes but it like it's about how every race that has to come up in america has to basically be slaves at some point so uh-huh. like you know the irish black people you know like you have to go till the fields and all this shit and then he like the biggest the big punchline of that is like y'all never picked that cotton y'all never got it. like it was <laughs> it's such a great joke man that only a veteran could deliver that shit man like yeah y'all everyone should go check that out things I think I think um a live album all right next topic um Robin Thicke is coming out with an album called Paula oh god really yeah it's a new album Paula's in stores July first oh boy it's, it, is, uh, it better be greatness. This nigga cheated on his wife and has become the symphonist of Simps. Uh he's, his album is a way of redemption to try to get back with his wife Paula Patton, who honestly, man, if she ain't she ain't listening no more, Robin. It's a rap. Like she been, she been done too you the music off, baby. If you couldn't get get her back with real, like real world actions by now. She yeah. ain't coming the, back. Boo-boo. The album ain't going to do it, man. The album is not going to do it. It's the most stalker way of, you know what I mean? Like, it's such yeah. a, I hope so. I hope one of her friends will listen to my album and tell her that I'm crying. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Tell her that I'm crying, Stacey. Tell her that I'm <laughs> Can you just, it, it like, might. is that what track three is going to be? Hey, Stacy, can you talk to Paula? Track yes. Th- track four, Paula's mama, can you please just tell her I'm out here? Beep.
4: Oh, oh, oh! Next song, my, my time ran out. I just want her to know that that, 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 I, that I love her so. It's gonna Baby, all be. Baby Paula, 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 Paula. I, I know you're there. Pick up, girl. Pick 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 up the phone. It's gonna all be voicemail. Yes, I have texted you. I,
2: I I I I tweeted at you. I Facebooked you. Come on, girl. I done poked you. Come on. Well, he put the track listing out here. Uh, "You're My Fantasy" is track number one. "Get Her Back" is track number two. Oh Lord. Still madly crazy. That sounds a little stalkerish. Mm-hmm. Number four is even more stalkerish. Lock the door. The fuck does that mean? Oh. From the inside or the outside, Robbie? <laughs> That's the question. Whatever I want, living in New York City, love can grow back. <laughs> Black tar cloud, too little too late, tippy toes, something bad, the opposite of me, time of your life and forever love. Y'all think he cheated on her for the material? Mm, uh, I don't know. I need inspiration. I do, there is something I like about this though, is that it's almost like set, like a throwback to the seventies of when artists put their real lives on wax. Mm. So it's like, oh, apparently Al Green is in love with this new woman and that's why we got these tracks. Yeah. Oh, oh, apparently. Uh Smokey Robinson fell out with his ex-wife Like it's all right there To fucking see and, uh, It is something old school about it But this sounds like it's gonna be the sippin'est shit ever Right It yeah, better that's be greatness
1: oh, that's like an I don't know I feel bad for him
4: Cause I, I don't know about him But there are some artists Whenever they go through emotional turmoil They put out the best well,
2: shit Well that's the best thing also about being a public figure You can be wrong and people will feel bad for you Yep like the the album should be just I cheated on this bitch, that could be the title, and people would be like, "Hey man, he just telling it how it is, man. Just getting I, his feelings understand. out there." I understand. I've been there, dog. Yeah, I'm glad to see the brothers in the studio. You know, anything could have happened to him, but yeah, you know, like the bar gets lower like shit if you famous. If you know, this would have just been a nigga just talking some shit, everybody been like, man, stop cheating. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> so uh, ah, that's that's gonna be interesting to hear how that works out for him.
2: Chris, have you heard about uh the felon bay, as people are calling them?
1: I've heard about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go to Yes All Women to mm-hmm. I will fuck this guy <laughs> no matter how how heinous he w What did he actually do? I don't know what he did. What did uh, he do?
2: Uh he was in prison for street harassment, so um that's, that's, really, really undermined a lot of, uh, feminists there. But, uh, they don't care. Now he was, uh, uh, I think it was like armed robbery or some shit, man. Uh, he's a 30 year old felon arrested with, we- we- Wednesday on felony weapons charges during a sweep in the Western Ranch area in Stockton, California. He's arguably the most popular suspect to ever grace the Stockton Police Department Facebook page. Meeks police photos, uh, mugshop generated 10,914 likes and 2,400 comments Wednesday night. Ah, oh, they have something to say, oh. didn't they? To, From Wednesday night to Thursday morning. Many from women claiming to admire his, his looks. Hot. Oh my God. Come to mama. Holy <laughs> hell. I would arrest him too. Hottest bad boy I've seen. He could kidnap me any day. Hold me against my will. <laughs> yes. Why is he, why is he breaking the law? He should be making millions modeling. Wowzers. One user set up a Facebook fan page for Meeks who was being held in the San uh, Joe Quinn, uh County Jail for $900,000 bail. Of course, not everyone's amused by his uh, admirers. Uh, a lot of men are mad that uh, this dude's getting out of props. Last night, uh, his his penis pig licked all, leaked all over the internet. What? Yeah, man. Th- these women are <laughs> fucking after this dude. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I say
4: yes. And the reason why I say yes it's because I be on Twitter. I see pussy popped all across my timeline all the time. Mm-hmm. I, see, I even post the shit. I see titty pics. I see ass pics. And I see guys doing all types of stuff. And I just let them be. I just let you yeah. be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's going to be some women that do that. Don't get me wrong. But uh, But most women just let y'all be. And it's just... A lot of men are very insecure, period. That's something that they don't want to talk about. And it's one of those things where women get to crack the jokes this time. Women get to talk about their sexuality. Women get to be open about fucking. Women get to be open about the things they want to do to him. And all of a sudden, men goddamn loses their motherfucking minds. Guess what? You can mute. You don't have to be there. You can get off Twitter. Just like you tell the women that when they come over there complaining about the ass pics that you be talking about, the same thing applies to you. Yeah. You know, and
1: you know what, though? Like, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I got lost in his eyes a little
2: bit myself. I can't. He's a good looking guy. And now the shoe, the shoes on the other foot. um, They actually, the thing that's weird is like this dude became so popular. They actually went and interviewed him in jail like i think i got the audio from it too but they like went and found this nigga like he's married you know what I mean? like, he, like no one gives a fuck they're like yeah. look he is light skin, he pretty he got a big dick yeah. he took a big nice mug shot mm-hmm. i don't give a fuck if he married right it, the lust is on man and it's right it's, but, but you just gotta roll with the flow the good news is like everything on social media in 48 hours nobody give a fuck if people just stop complaining
4: right and they'll go yeah. on to something else but yet you know he went to jail and everybody talking time he went to jail but yet y'all want to holler at the girl at mcdonald's y'all want to y'all a woman with a mug shot looks fine you do the same thing
1: yeah. Well, it's like what's the what was the chick that killed her husband or something and she was hot
2: Arius?
4: Mm. what is her name
2: oh yeah i know you talk jody Arius or something yeah like that. yeah like she was hot i was like mm. damn I'm not and what's the kid lady that killed her baby uh uh, the fuck is yeah. that bitch's name? God damn, baby like killer, two, son of a bitch. Three or four
1: years ago, oh, she was she was hot. Like I mean, I, I I don't. She got I don't away with it problem.
2: too. She got away with it though, didn't she? she? Wasn't even a felon. She she got away. What the fuck was that oh, girl's yeah. name? Right. Casey yeah, she Anthony. Casey Anthony. She's a terrible Casey person. Anthony,
1: yeah.
2: It's like yeah, she was like, I didn't murder. I'm just a terrible, terrible mom. I'm like God, you're horrible. Um here's, here's a, 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 a hot it, bitch. Here's the interview. <laughs> uh Oh, now it wants to freeze again. Oh, God damn, my bad.
4: I shouldn't
3: have stopped. Him. And they found a
0: pistol in my trunk.
3: Stockton police arrested four yesterday in a gang roundup. It was great police work, but the only attention police are getting is on their Facebook page for Jeremy Meeks.
4: I just visited my wife and she
3: said that I like blew up all over Facebook. All over Facebook and all over the
2: world on Stockton's. I feel bad for the other three dudes who got arrested because they're like <laughs> the other dudes. <laughs> in you know, I look good, too. Yeah. <laughs> they're like the other group, other dudes yeah. in the uh, R and B group. Yeah, they're, they're, the, like- they're the other dudes in sync and shit. Like, oh, yeah. so y'all, y'all just gonna look at Justin? Word, okay, then I'm gonna just turn gay.
1: Like J C Chazay was a good is a good looking guy, but they didn't look, they didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Personally, I have
2: no problem with this. I hope they lock up all the good looking men, then I'll right. be I right. Yeah, getting in <laughs> like these the average, streets. Average looking brothers.
3: Right? <laughs> About to come up. Age more than 24,000 likes and more than 6,000 comments. Vanessa Vera writing If this guy broke into my house, I'd make him forget why he broke in within 30 seconds. Yeah. Laugh out loud. Lady Santiago, I've got laugh, 50 laugh. shades <laughs> on that man. Oh, God, yes. TMZ has jumped on the hot convict bandwagon as well as media outlets nationwide. But not everyone agrees. For instance, Lisa McAllister says criminals aren't sexy, real men work, and ladies don't fawn over criminal trash. That's Have some bullshit. self-respect.
2: Yeah, whatever, lady. You hate yeah. The criminal
3: himself didn't know why he was so popular until I told him. Well, I appreciate that, but I
1: just want them to know <sighs> that this is really not me like I'm not some kingpin
3: and that is the only reason Meeks agreed to the interview to tell people his side of the story saying even though he's being charged with street terrorism he is no longer a gangster the Stockton Police Department has also noticed what's happening online and is reminding people Jeremy is a felon allegedly caught with a gun and he spent nine years in prison for grand theft well it's a shot, so and away from the computer and on the streets of stockton nobody is going crazy for baby blue eyes is he cute
0: no
4: so that's a lot of people not me (laughs) he's too thug for me
3: i asked jeremy about that tear racist her drop on uh-huh. the side of his face. and He simply <laughs> said he's done some things in his past He is not proud of and that kind of brings up the the main point of this conversation We'd never want to glorify or put people like this in the news for reasons like this But a lot of you are talking about it online and for those of you who are doing it We kind of wag the finger of shame at you. We never want to put these people on a pet But you did it anyway. You didn't oh, fuck story you anyway.
2: Fuck you. Oh, yeah. you're just another one of these jealous ass haters of felon bae. Oh, we don't want So shame on y'all for lusting after this criminal. Right. Who the and, fuck are you to decide? And,
4: and and to me, a lot of it boils down to women aren't supposed to have goddamn sexuality. And the only time a woman matters is if she's, she's sexualized by men. But a woman can never sexualize a man. She can yeah. never want to fuck. She can never say that dick look good. She can never say I want to suck it. She can never say I want to be fucked by... Don't don't say that. Oh my God, yeah, women he, with sexuality. Oh
2: yeah, he's just yeah. mansplaining at the end and shit. Like he didn't need to editor, editorialize that. He could have just as easily ended the fucking thing with. And uh, you know that. And we're talking about it because you guys are talking about yeah, it. The just, end.
4: Yeah, just shaming. A lot of it. A lot of it boils down to just shaming women yeah. about sex and sexuality. We I don't mean. I, to, I
2: love the jokes. We don't mean to glorify them, but we are the only news station that showed up to interview them and put them on the internet. But hey, yeah.
1: Anyway, hold it's like i mean i i don't think he's not that great looking i mean i got a new tie nobody said anything to me in the office <laughs> I, you know this is a suit from men's warehouse still, i mean of course it was a discount but nobody said anything I about me. Tell i tell you
2: good. i didn't have to steal it i'll tell you that much i saw one asshole who took two pictures of himself and then he put up two pictures of uh jeremy meeks and he was like yeah see uh, he didn't look good in this other picture, so anyone could take a good picture, and both of his pictures were ugly, I was like, what are you talking about, you know what I mean, like, as the dude that's mad, both of your pictures are ugly, and you just sound, you just look like a dude that's hating, stop hating, yeah.
1: hate. just give him his props, he's a good looking guy, yeah, his mom and dad,
2: good genes, the good news is he's in prison, okay, yeah. We're on the outside, guys. We got freedom working for us. And
1: my, my only thing is, why did he rob people when he had those eyes?
2: I know. Well, that's that's. And, I wonder if my real question is with Mark Cuban cross the street because he does have I don't a tattoo. Think he would.
1: My, Mark Cuban might have did? <laughs>
2: <laughs> who knows? He might gonna, say, "Can, you, can, what he can done. you play basketball, boy?" Yeah. <laughs> He was—he wouldn't cross the street when two locked into his eyes.
1: I don't know, shit. He's yeah. a good-looking guy. He has
2: a hoodie and a face tattoo, but I just can't will myself to cross the street. <laughs> you
1: know, I was—I was hanging out. I was hanging out with Mike Lawrence one night. We were when were, we were working with Chris Hardwood one time, and there was this weird-looking dude that had these face tattoos. And Mike and I were talking. We were like two nerds going to go see Spider-Man uh, Two, and there was this weird, creepy guy with all these face tattoos. And we so it was having to be this girl in front of us, and she was kind of cute. she had on like some low cut shorts, and the guy looked was looking at us to look at the girl and we were, he was like he was like and then Mike was like, mike looked at me he said is she, is that girl gonna die tonight and i said <laughs> And I said, Mike, are we gonna die tonight? I don't know about. We all might die tonight. It's not just about that girl. It's about us. It's about us too. I don't want to die
5: either.
2: Yeah, it's always weird, by the way, when dudes hit you with the uh, the heads up in public of check out that yeah. girl. Because uh, it is it, weird because we're, I'm not into necessarily what everybody else finds attractive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Like I'm a little, I skew a little outside of the mainstream when it comes to like what I find uh, attractive on a woman, but okay. there's this like so- solidarity or something. Like, look at that one, and I'm like, and nigga, I saw her five minutes ago. Stop, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're creeping yeah. me out,
1: I, sir. <laughs> it's cool when people do. I I get it too. Like I, it's happened to me a couple times, and it's like, yeah, she's. But we're all guys are creeps, and I just yeah. had to realize that I was a creep too. Like I yeah. tried to so I'm a nice guy this is this is when the yes all women thing came out. It's just sort of like you have to you have to control your urges you have to do certain things so you don't present yourself as a creep
2: yeah, I don't feel bad about that shit because yeah. like ideally what they're saying is like they don't want to be feel threatened in certain environments right. and they don't want and 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 yeah. a lot of guys take it too far and all this mm-hmm. shit. I think what a lot of dudes get when they read that is they get insecure and they start thinking like women don't even want you to be attracted to them if they don't like you, they don't even want you to like look at them and shit. But it's like I exist in the same world as everyone else. I've opened doors for women and nobody's ever fucking said anything to me about it and I've never had this the TJ Holmes like existential a crisis
4: or, alleged or oh, child
2: But yeah, I've never had this like TJ Holmes existential crisis about opening doors. I've never had uh I've never said anything to some woman that was like got me slapped in the face or a drink thrown at me, anything right. like that. Like I, I I think I'm well on the line of respectable dude yeah. that, you know, doesn't wanna bother these ladies. I, I just think guys push back because they feel like they're being shamed out of being even attracted to women. It's like, nah, that's just your insecurity. They yeah they're not that's talking exactly about what
1: you. It is. It, it's forcing it's forcing like I, and I feel like I'm a similar guy like you, but I feel like for most people it is so that was sort of forcing them to look inward, and maybe they those people didn't like what they saw. Yeah. Hence, hence the the internet, uh, out, the backlash. But I just sort of it's just I think it just forces you to kind of to challenge your 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 what do you call it your the way you look at things.
2: Yeah. And I wouldn't. And the thing is, in real life, you sit most of those guys down. They would not defend the dude who goes, hey, bitch, you got a big old ass. Most dudes would be like, yeah, that dude's an asshole. I don't ever see that dude because it doesn't happen when I'm around, typically, because they don't do that to your woman when you're around. But, you know, I trust women who say, like, that shit happens to me sometimes. It's like, well, that guy's fucked up. I'm on your side. I don't need to be on his side. You know, I don't need to not take a side. And I'm sure, you know, some things of feminism, quote, unquote, goes too far and all that stuff, but to me that wasn't an example man and you know and then when you see people push back on her for liking this dude for on women for liking this dude you just realize like people just have a huge problem with women having any type of control over their own sexuality
4: any it don't matter what it is you as a female you cannot have any control over your sexuality i would even say
2: the debate about birth control is about women's sexuality more than it's about actual birth control of or, course it is or, 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 or any of that and, shit. And, it's, it's and, like women gonna get these pills and start fucking we gotta stop it you know yeah. <laughs> like it's all about how do we police women and uh as far as i'm concerned man a lot of people seem to rather be part of the problem than part of the uh at least pointing it out and going you have a point you know um, Yeah,
1: absolutely i i saw this movie that you would you obviously rod would know that i would go see this movie called "Obvious Child" with Jenny mm-hmm. Slate, and it's basically like a a movie that about a, a young woman, uh, a Brooklyn comedian who gets pregnant, and and she considers an abortion, and it and she it is basically like a romantic comedy with abortion attached to it, and uh, it was a, it was a good movie, and it was basically about a woman who had to decide make this decision. And it wasn't handled as adorably as it was in most mainstream movies like A Juno mm-hmm. or, or Knocked Up. And it was just like I was watching this movie, and I wasn't like, as a man, da, da 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 da. I was like, it was a very measured film that this character had to weigh these decisions, and it was her right to do what she wanted to do.
5: Yep. Huh. You
1: know, and I didn't really, and I, I just. I, I think maybe it's just because I'm a rational person. I like to consider myself to be a rational person and, and to really not, to really just harp on these issues like I don't know, man. I just I mean, we that, that made me think of that when we're talking about women's rights and stuff.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I just think if you think of people as human and mostly having the same motivations uh, internally as everyone else then a lot of times it's uh easy to understand their perspective you know what i mean yeah. i think once you start thinking of people as other and so different than you and like you know one of the things i see on twitter and social media a lot that i think people are just normally they're just wrong about when they go well so-and-so just said this so they could get clicks on their article or so they could get the most retweets or you know uh they they said it for this reason like it's always some other reason that you don't operate on. So when you say something unpopular, you don't go, "Well, I'm just doing this so I can get clicks." You you believe that shit, and mm-hmm. you know. And the more like people I've met through the internet, the more people I've interacted with, you just find out that people believe this shit. It might be stupid, it might be fucked up, it might be salacious, but a lot of times you find out it's not fake. Like if they say that um uh if they say that they didn't like Captain America two. It's not because they want their podcast to get um, more downloads. Those motherfuckers when you talk to them you're like, "Oh, you're crazy. You just don't like this movie." You know what I mean? Like those that I think that happens way more than people give it credit for. I, I'm sure I'm not saying there's no examples of people that don't do fucked up shit. I mean, we got entire sites dedicated to it, right? Yeah. Um like Upworthy and all that. Like there's certain sites that do that, Gawker, TMZ. But I'm just saying in general, person X just on the internet motherfucker might just be crazy or someone you don't like but they probably believe that shit you know so and i think that's what happens a lot like these feminist bloggers are a lot of these motherfuckers really believe this shit now Mm -hmm. it might be crazy and you might have a problem with them as a person as an individual right but they they didn't like wake up that morning and go i don't actually believe this but i'm gonna write it they believe it Uh, you know and maybe i'm more cynical than most people but that's almost worse
1: you know, we're yeah, like, oh yeah. no, you really. Sometimes you just wonder, like, <laughs> whatever, whatever agenda you have. Sometimes, like, because there's people that I, I follow on Twitter that are activists and everything, but it's like, I just wonder, do you ever have fun at all? <laughs> it's, just, it's a whole Lupe fiasco thing. Right, like yeah. we, we're the one of the times I was on. We're talking, about. have you ever just sat down and enjoyed? I uh, love it. You know,
2: I, I think I think a lot of that is their fun.
1: Maybe that, yeah, I, I think you're right. Cause when the World Cup was, was going, USA was playing Ghana.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, somebody was like, did something about how much money we had based, versus Ghana. Right. And pushed out some statistics that we were just a more powerful uh, country than Ghana was. But it's mm-hmm. like, damn, these people want to enjoy
2: their soccer. That's their fun. You know what I mean? That, like, yeah. like, the I didn't know that men's rights advocates were real people until two weeks ago. I thought people were just, like, saying that as, like, this catch-all. No, it's real people that go on the Internet and argue with feminists. And uh-huh. they argue back and forth all fucking day, and they harass each other, and they go – and obviously I think those people are crazy for harassing those women or whatever, but they're real people. They believe that bullshit. They got uh. – they're actually having a conference in Detroit. That That's just how people are. You know what I mean? So So, yeah. like, I think a lot of times – I'm dismissive of it because I'm just not that kind of person. I'm like, oh, y'all niggas arguing today? Like, yeah. all right, then, I'll, I'll be back. I'm going to go watch some TV. But, yeah, the, the, to them, I think there's a lot of fun in setting the record straight, arguing with people and all that shit. Um, Here's some big news for Chris, okay? All right. Oh, hopefully you're sitting down. Uh, all right. I'm kind of glad you're not on camera because I don't want to see anybody see your reaction to this. But okay.
1: <laughs> The stalker, wow, what could this be?
2: The stalker who has shown up repeatedly at Selena Gomez's house and actually entered her property has just been ordered to get treatment in a mental health facility. But bad news for Selena, he could be out as early as 30 days.
3: Well, uh,
1: somebody's going to have to do something about that. Yeah. Now you... That somebody's going to be me. Although Selena's <laughs> gone astray from me a little bit, man. I don't know how I feel about her now.
2: Man. Oh, what happened, man? Y'all, y'all used to be your chick. I'm just
1: hearing all these things about her getting back with Beaver or they Mm -hmm. hugged each other and took an Instagram picture or some shit. I don't know, man. And then she's messing with, what's his name? Legolas. Mm
5: -hmm. What's
1: my my man's name from uh, Lord of the Rings?
2: Oh, she messing with that dude? I didn't know that.
1: So so they say, like I saw, I saw something on one of them sites. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about her, but then her being with Legolas, what's that man? Damn it. I hate when I can't think of the guy's Leg- name. Uh,
2: I know the character in the movies is Legolas Jenkins, but I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know his uh, real name.
1: Uh I have to look that shit up now. Somebody but look it up. She, she was special with it. him and, uh, he's like my age. I think he's older than me. So or, Orlando, Bloom. Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Good. Yeah. So I don't have to feel that kind of, while I did not like that, mm-hmm. it sort of made me feel good. Like, oh, okay. This dude is like, like in his 30s and he's messing with
2: her yeah I, th- so. I thought i had never seen her before really i wasn't into her like you uh, and i saw that spring breakers movie on uh i think your recommendation or someone's recommendation and it's okay. i thought it was horrible but um <laughs> she she's in it and she looks like a little kid to me so i was like Oh, Chris is into this? Oh. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, you know, she's pretty. Now, I'll mm-hmm. I'll say, like, my new girl, I've sort of moved on from her Okay. to, uh, okay, so Orlando Bloom's 37. Damn.
5: Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. I've moved on from her to, to, uh, Tatiana Maslani from mm-hmm. Orphan Black. Yeah,
2: now that's uh, a woman. That's a woman right
1: there. Yeah, that's a woman. She's, mm-hmm. like, 28. And she's yeah. Very, very, very talented. So, like, her and and jessica parker kennedy those are the girls that i'm i'm liking now
2: yeah jessica parker kennedy find the shit too man
1: yeah like she's 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 gorgeous man, yeah
2: she's, yeah uh tatiana so, mosley man uh which one of her you do you watch that show yeah yeah i just watched oh, which, the finale this morning which one are, I'm, I'm not caught up but which one of her personalities is the most attractive to you
1: that's well, I would say. Well, let's start with my my favorite character is Allison because mm-hmm. uh, I think there's there's more there's more comedy mm-hmm. out of that, mm-hmm. uh, and it's I think I think a lot of the shows sort of centered around what she was doing. I think like the first season, mm-hmm. like and they kind of built off that with the second, and now they kind of sprawled out. Um, I would say, man, I would say. Uh, maybe sarah i think maybe sarah would be i don't okay. know but see kasima's gay but mm-hmm. she seems to be like like one of the sweeter sweeter versions of mm-hmm. her um that's that's kind of tough i thought that would be easier mm-hmm. i'd yeah. say it's anywhere between uh kasima even though she's gay and sarah yeah, we really cor- don't we really don't know how beth was the correct
2: <laughs> the correct answer is uh kasima
1: yeah. Okay. The, 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 okay. Yeah. okay. All right. A, so, all right. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. So that, <laughs> the
2: was correct a, that was the correct answer. But um,
1: then I didn't want it to be like that Chase and Amy thing where it's like she's gay, but like
2: yeah, I don't I, care about her being gay. I'll just like that's the thing. You can be as I, gay I
1: if like if I wanted to hook up with her.
2: No, no. I mean, all which one? I mean, what does that have to? Even if you wanted to hook up with her, it wouldn't matter. She can be gay as she fucking wants. It doesn't make me not be attracted to her. I can still be like she fine as shit she okay she, you All know right. she's yeah, yeah, yeah. She just gay and fine i'm just i'm not gonna try to like ho- holler at her or change nothing but
1: oh okay i, was, I thought you meant yeah. like if there was a possibility for a relationship so no. yeah cosima would be the one
2: you're such a hopeless romantic man if i would have walked if you walked in the bar Cosima is drinking i'd be like god damn who is that And it is like oh she's kissing another woman i'd be like that's even hotter but I wouldn't, like, go rest up her party. I get it. You know, I respect But
1: to her. me, like I, that happened before. Like, when I hit on this girl one time, and she was like, oh, I'm gay. And I
2: was like, oh. Yeah. At least you didn't pull the, well, you ever had somebody try to change? Right. like uh, You respected her. That's got to be the her. worst. Like, that's got to be like a gay dude hitting on you. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, uh, I'm straight. But yeah, well, you ever had a gay dude? Uh, actually, uh, I don't want that. That's that's yeah. the, the, <laughs> the part when I referred to being straight. That's what that was about.
1: Yeah, one gay dude called me Mandingo one time. <laughs> 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 I
4: was, Chris, him.
5: <laughs>
1: like when I had, I was a little more svelte back then, but yeah. like that—that's when I was like a good size, and I didn't even know it. I still mm-hmm. thought I was fat, and but like I remember that this was right—right right around this time of year, uh, the pride parades start happening in in major cities and stuff. So I was living in Chicago at the time and I had like, I didn't have any, I had an ear. I had like swimmer's ear. So my ear, one of my ears was clogged up mm-hmm. and I had to walk. I had to walk to the hospital and I had to walk through the gay pride parade to get to, the, <laughs> to get to the hospital. And I did, for some reason, I did have on a salmon shirt.
2: Were you still, were you still, <laughs> were you still wet from uh, the swimmer's ear? Like, no, no,
1: this was a couple days, this was uh. a couple of days after. And, <laughs> yeah, like he I was wet to him stem. though.
4: Uh-huh. I, I, I said, he looked at you and seen you all wet in that salmon, mm, he must have just got oh. out the lake.
2: And the water was just dripping all oh, over your, your body. body. <laughs> no, but so I was,
1: I was, uh, I had the ear infection or whatever the fuck I had. And I was gonna go get the doctor to drain my ear. And so I, I had to walk through the property, and this guy sees me and he says, Hey man, Dingo. <laughs> and, and he was like, but you're probably straight. I know. I was like, yeah, I am. But thanks for the compliment, man. Thanks for that and racist
2: I, comment. Uh, and I
1: kept to move. I think, was he black or like, what? I don't even remember. Hmm. I don't know. But he, yeah. And then, and then people used, there was, there was an, cause I lived in boys town. Like that was the gay area. It was like, Waveland Avenue and Halsted. Halsted Street is a big street that goes from like the north side to the south side, and it, it's right near where I live. Was right near where the Cubs used to play. Where the Cubs play, Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. and you get the mix of the crazy frat boys and then the flaming gay people, and then that was their weekend, the party or whatever. So I didn't really, I didn't really care about it, you know, whatever. Uh, but there used to be an I. There still is an IHOP there, I'm assuming, and uh, people <laughs> used to say.
4: Oh, that's the gay aha. I was like, I don't <laughs> Oh no, the gay aha. You know
2: what? Yeah. All aha's are gay. All of them are gay. They have Rudy, Tootie, Fresh, and Fruity. It's nothing more gay <laughs> than that. Have you ever, as a straight man, have you ever tried to order that? It's impossible to say out loud. I've tried. Okay. Yeah, mean, I'll, I'll the take the, too. uh, I'll take, uh, that one. The Tootie, the root, ru- the You want Rudy, the, tootie. you want the Rudy, Tootie, Fresh, and, fr- uh, I just Eight, want that two, one. one. Sir, say what you want. Right, go ahead. It's fine. It's the only hey. place that that i There's I-Hop. no judgment here. The gay IHOP is the only place in America where you can say "Rudy tootie Fresh" and fruity, and it's fine. okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've gotten hit on a couple times at that IHOP, but I didn't really care. And like the, some of the servers were gay, and I would know. I knew them because I used to when I, I used to work at Best Buy, and I would get up like i used to have like a 6 or 7 o'clock shift mm-hmm. and i would get up early and eat a big breakfast at ihop and that would take me through the day so i knew i started knowing like some of the servers and the guy was like i'm he's like i'm chad i was like i know i know you chad i've had you before and he looked at me like i fucked him before when i said <laughs> that <laughs> but i was just like you've served me before like he looked at me weird like yeah. like i like i thought that we fucked one time <laughs> so i was like no no like we you've served me before you, you cool yeah man
2: maybe um that's maybe because as men we're not used to being complimented that much yeah um, maybe that's may, maybe that's how uh, dudes end up like having a gay experience they just they can't not take the compliment you know so it's, oh, it's like oh hey man dingo and it's like oh, i'm straight you ever had your dick suck about man uh i i mean i've never been so flattered I mean, you're offering. <laughs> if you're going to offer, us, I don't want to be impolite. I, I'm Next cl- thing you know, you're giving a speech about how being gay is like being an alcoholic. Oh no! Yeah. What? You just have to learn to say no. I used to say yes to every blowjob I ever got. I had uh, to learn how to say no. I had to learn that you got to put the cup down sometimes. We uh, at
4: my job, we've sent uh, things to Boys Town, and every time I see Boys Town, I always imagine like the mailman going there, and like everything is like rainbow colors in the whole town mm. and all kinds of things. I know that's not true. But that's just
1: well, what do, I imagine do, like, when I say to You know, you're not wrong. Karen. Uh-oh, I Karen. mean, your imagination's kind of I mean, there's rain like there's these phallic things uh, on the street. Like they really changed that neighborhood because apparently before I, I moved there in 2003 and I left 2007. But before then, they used to that neighborhood used to be really bad. Like people used to rob it all the time. Like my favorite video store, if you guys remember what video stores are. There used to be this place called uh LA Tan and Video. I don't know if it's still there, but you can get a tan and you can get movies. And that was that that was like my favorite place to go for the movie. Um and they would and and the guy would tell me, Yeah, people used to rob this place, and by the time I left in 07, they had a Whole Foods, the neighborhood, the property value went up, my rent got higher as I was leaving. And they really changed the neighborhood. Like they had a great pizza place called Pie Hole. Um,
5: yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was good pieces It was really
2: good. Hey, it's just what funny. Like, it's just so funny how, uh, gay people have so many, like, puns on gay shit. Like, yeah. comedians can't even beat it to them. They already got it. Like did, the, like, did the, like, did, the I, did the IHOP have extra I's and O's in it? No, like, ah. the IHOP. Nah, <laughs> just, like, it was just good.
1: Like, I didn't, like, I didn't even think about it that way because they knew like the people, the guys like that I work with, they knew where I lived and they was like, oh, that's, that's the gay I hop." I'm like, get the fuck? who gives a shit? If it is yeah. or if it isn't. Like my fatness would like superseded my like homophobia. Yeah. Like, like the, the pizza plate, like the, this girl like that, one of my boys, his girlfriend like worked in a bar and she would know all the spots. And she was like, oh, let's go to, let's get this pizza from Piehole. I was like, where is this from? So he's like, this is Pie Hall. Isn't that in Boys Town? Isn't that the is that a gay pizza place? Yeah. I was like, I don't give a fuck. The pizza's great. <laughs> that's all that <it> matters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are these people who have sex with guys, do they make a good product? Yes, they do. Well,
2: well then I'm I'll here
1: for it. it. Then I'm, that's what I'm there for.
2: Can't believe we got on this from Shea Cruz pleading guilty to felony stalking of Selena Gomez, but... <laughs> Uh, I guess what we learned is that Chris has moved on and, uh, I feel like that's healthy. Um, she looked kind of, she looked a little too boyish for me. Uh, she needs She got it. She's gonna, gr- like, there's
1: pictures of her when she looks really great. Like, like she's, I think she's very attractive, but I think you really, when she gets around 27, 28, hopefully she'll look more grown. But she, she's bad
2: though. I'll wait till then because, yeah. No, no, I felt like I was, like, the, like Chris Hansen was going to come in my house when I was looking at that movie. And I was like, the, like, you know, it's bad when you're looking at a movie and it's a movie with a whole lot of fucking in it. And you're like, I just hope she doesn't get naked because I feel like that would be illegal. That's gotta be against some laws. I don't know. Oh, that should be pixelated. Like, what is, what is the age of, what is the age of consent in Florida? Um, what is going on here? So I ain't trying to get locked up. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing about that movie for her, that was like her dipping her toes into saying like i'm gonna be a bad girl and like in getaway she says like fuck or shit a couple mm-hmm. of times but the other girls like the the ashley ben mm-hmm. ashley benson she you know went went in she was making out with franco what's the other the, the school the girl what's her name uh shit man mm-hmm. what's wrong with me the other girl that, that used to date zach efron from this the, the, oh, the, I, don't, the, I don't know
2: any of these white women High school me, but I
1: hate when I don't. When oh. I should know their names.
2: Yeah, I I, uh, I can look it up for you. But uh Yeah,
1: I'm trying to do it with my computer. Yeah, they're trying
2: they're trying to make a part two to this shit too, which is weird. Like Just think about that movie, uh, they killed a lot of black
1: people in the,
2: at the end. Yeah, it's not good, man. I watched this shit and was mad. didn't it's not good. Vanessa Hudgens, is that what you're talking about? Vanessa
1: Hudgens, yeah. yeah. she. She was more, they more went in on those roles than, than, yeah. uh, Selena did. Selena was just trying it out.
2: Oh, uh, that was a bad yeah, movie. Well, I dipped in and out when Roger watched that. Yeah, that feels like, I don't know. It feels like she's trading on herself having a kid like image. And maybe she's been a child star or something and that's where it's coming from. But I don't yeah, know. I, I could is. I couldn't do it, man. I, it was that awkward stage. She's in that awkward transition stage. I, I couldn't. I was like, oh, I just hope nothing bad happens to you in this movie. Um, let's play our games, man. We've been we've been chatting for a while. It's time to get to the game so we can get out of here, guys. Um, <clears throat> of course, the first game is a game we like to call fucking with black people. We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with Fucking with black, black people. people. That's right, guys. It's time to play America's favorite game that I hate to play. It's fucking with black people. Where we read news articles from all over the globe that are fucking with black people and assign point scores from 0 to 100 in intervals of 25. Today's contestant, Ralph Reed. Ralph Reed. Seeking to encourage social conservative activists to persevere in the fight against same sex marriage. Faith and Freedom Coalition founder Ralph Reed drew parallels between the ongoing debate over marriage equality and the nation's long struggle over slavery and civil rights for African Americans. Speaking to about 40 attendees in an afternoon breakout session during the organization's annual Road to Majority Conference. <laughs> that just oh, sounds so what funny. What as white a bunch of white people having a conference called Road to Majority. Anyway. The road ended.
1: You got there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Shouldn't it be majority on the road? Because I feel like (laughs) you guys are in there. Reed gave a speech in which he suggested that 1857 Dred Scott Supreme Court decision, which ruled that African-American slaves remained the property of their owners, even if they traveled to or resided in free states, held a lesson for contemporary conservative activists concerned about what they see as judicial overreach in the issue of gay marriage. Before the abolitionist triumph, Reed reminded, it appeared to for many years that the courts would squash the hopes of human rights reformers. Now, the irony of him using the decision that granted people rights—you know what I mean—to to to demean a uh, to demean a decision that would grant people rights as far as the right to get married is crazy. It's always been crazy how people have viewed this idea of, like, well, gay people getting married somehow hurts my straight marriage.
5: Mm -mm.
2: It don't got nothing to do with it. Um, The battle looked like it was lost, but it really wasn't, Reed said, in the media aftermath of the Dred Scott decision, which went on to embolden abolitionist activists. And that's kind of like where we are right now. Anybody heard lately that we're losing the marriage issue? Anybody heard that argument? You notice some similarities? I'm not comparing slavery to same-sex marriage, okay? I'm just pointing out that when you have these fights, what's interesting is that if you look at the same-sex marriage, it's now legal in 17 states. But he's not comparing the two guys. Word. He's just making a comparison, but not comparing the two. Reed said he was not counting the states that have changed since last year's Supreme Court that struck down the Defense of Marriage Act. According to the National Conference of State Legislatures, since the beginning of 2011, eight states have passed legislation one adopted is by adopted by initiative and three allow same-sex marriage. As a result of court decisions, in six in six of the states that adopted same-sex marriage by legislation, they overturned the previous statutes that prohibited same-sex marriage. Continue read, only six of them, six out of those 17, six out of those 50 states have done it by referendum or by state legislature. In every other case, it was imposed by courts, just like the courts had to impose Dred Scott, because they could do it on the country because the country they couldn't do it on the country because the country didn't agree with it. The country, by the way, doesn't agree with same-sex marriage. He's just telling everybody, so now we know. (laughs) By the way, um, the country didn't agree with a lot of fucked up shit. Right. Right. Like, the country didn't agree that black and white people should be able to get married. They didn't agree Mm -hmm. that black people shouldn't be slaves. They didn't... There's always some people that didn't agree. There's never gonna be one hundred percent consensus on any issue in America. What we do know is right and wrong and morally it is fucking wrong to tell two consenting adults they can't get married. Period. Right? Like, it should it should be such a and for a fucking um party that claims to want government out of everything and smaller government and get out of my bedroom they sure want it in the fucking these gay people bedroom dog and on women's uteruses yeah like god i hate them i hate them a hundred <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. they're, they're so like worried about what these people are doing in their bedrooms It's like it's crazy man
2: Oh, my God, dude. You ain't fucking know why you concerned. Anything else? Like, I don't want the government in my business. And then you go, all right, cool, man. Well, um, like, honestly, I feel like the the only way to get rights for everybody is everybody got to buy guns. Because that's the only people's rights they defend. You just got to be yep. like uh, a bunch of gay people bought guns. Well, you know, they're good Americans. If they want to get married, it's fine by me. And they can protect it with the AK-47. The new ak forty seven bye <laughs> i know they, they come in colors we we, we we got the pink we got rainbow we are here for you guys come on down get your ak47 all right let's play our next game uh now that it's time for some guest of race that's right it's guest of race time now that it's time for some guest of race that's right it's guest of race time that's right it's time for guess the race the number one game show going across all the podcast land where we read or play news articles from all over the globe and we ask our contestant today chris lambert from the monday festival podcast to guess the race and the chat room plays along and they're quite racist a call girl has told a court that she is deeply ashamed about taking sex uh wait taking selfies next to the dead body of a teacher who she and her boyfriend are alleged to have injected with a lethal dose of heroin. Oh, oh Christy Edmondson, 23, and Christopher Sawyers, 36, are accused of killing 47-year-old former history teacher Kenneth Chapman at a flat in Eccles near Salford by injecting him with a drug. As he lay dead, the pair used mobile phones to take trophy photos of themselves before having sex on his bed oh Jesus well he wasn't gonna use it
1: well they're white but Chris's because are... they because they gave her the dignity of calling her a call girl
5: mm. And, mm.
1: and then i'm assuming that it's in the uk somewhere because you said flat oh, uh okay. but i but i went with your first clue that i got was uh call girl all
2: right White. The pair lived with Mr. Chapman's corpse for up to a week, during which time they stole his TV and computer before raiding his bank account in a string of online frauds. They even texted the victim's sister pretending to be the deceased and asked if she could lend 75 euro. Later, Sawyers allegedly showed one of the photos to his friends, saying, look at this, I will show you a photo of a corpse. Chapman's body was eventually found January 12th this year, 15 days after his death. Wow. It is alleged the pair murdered Chapman after they discovered he was sitting on 18000 euros following the sale of his house. But in court today, Edmondson insisted she's not a cold callous killer. She added she wouldn't kill anyone before and insisted I'm not a killer is not how it looks. Uh, uh, you know how sometimes you accidentally take a selfie with a corpse and, so then, accidentally... and then steal a man's money? Mm-hmm. Edmondson, who admitted stealing money and property, told the court today she was deeply ashamed of what I've done and at, at, before and after he died. She continued, I may not be sat here, I might not be sat here bawling, but when I go back to that sweat box and realize everything that's happened, believe me, I'm paying for it. So she wasn't even crying. She was like, I might not be crying, but I, I'm crying on the inside, everybody. Please don't send me to prison. I would never kill Kenneth Chapman. I wouldn't kill anyone, but I definitely wouldn't kill him. I'm not that type of person. I have got no reason to want him dead. I didn't do anything towards killing him. Christopher Sawyer did. That's I steal this money. Oh, the one time where women hate equality. When they're on that motherfucking stand. Ah! Oh, it was the man's idea. He came up with everything. It's like, I've seen Snapped. It was you. Um, plus y'all killed him with heroin. That's not even how men kill people. We always do it the dumb way that gets us caught. He beat him with, a, with his own screwdriver and it had his name embroidered it into the side uh-huh. <laughs> with his photo on it he definitely did it it says Chris Lambert did it right here in his blood oh damn <laughs> uh, that. the court heard how Emerson had been having a fling with the victor who was originally co- of Coxburn Path Coxburn's Path Wow. Name is Ooh, that? whoa, that's worse than living in Boys Town I'm sorry <laughs>
1: never have some british shit
2: yeah you can't have sex with anybody that lives on coxburn's path um anyway chris's guest white let's check the chat room and see what race they believe the uh culprits are weekend at bernie's sequel white <laughs> 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 tina marie and rick james Chonilla cuckolds uh so you on know, black and white uh she's making that sharp left turn back to Snow White. Oh my. White couple who loves dangerous extreme sex but will cross the road when seeing a black teen in a hoodie. Oh. A young protege of Amanda Knox White, the correct answer is everyone got it. Except for Terryn is white. <laughs> for those who missed it. All right, let's go right to the bonus round. Okay, guys? We've been talking for a while. Here we go. Double the points, double the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. It's double the points, double the race, the bonus round of Guess the Race. Chris, so far, one of one. But now it's the bonus round. Are you getting nervous? A little bit a little bit man all right see if he can go two for two and it's very short guess the race uh hold on wait i just realized one of these keeps playing let me go ahead and close that one so we don't get any more interruptions uh because that was whack all right here we go turn my volume back up and there we go now Man, why is it running down? Oh.
3: Local one. man is arrested, accused of trying to actually kill his neighbor with hot food. Police say Edward Holly had been in an ongoing feud with the victim in an Orlando neighborhood. They say he used hot, greasy grits as a weapon. Watch Tuesday, McDaniel
0: La- Daniel has more on the piping hot attack. Edward Holly. Yes, sir. The judge laid out the case against 59-year-old Edward Holly. All right, you have a
3: attempted second degree murder charge. This is the uh, throwing the hot
0: grease on somebody. The arrest report says Holly and a neighbor, 29-year-old Daryl Blacknell, had argued and pushed one another Tuesday evening. Holly told the younger man if he came around again, he'd throw grease on him. So midday Wednesday, when Holly saw Blacknell on his porch playing cards with mutual friends, he's accused of going into his home, heating up some grits, and tossing them on his neighbor.
3: When the victim suffered um, second and third degree burns.
0: Blacknell did told they, investigators did, did, that the pain was Did you different. do that, or did the have any interest do in that, speaking right. with us? Me. But in the report, uh. it says Blacknell was burned over 30 percent of his body. The hospital says it can't give us a condition update. Cops say Holly told them, if you're going to arrest me, then arrest me now, because next time I'm going to kill him.
4: The state would be asking for a high bond in the amount of $75,000 due to the facts of this case and due to the defendant's history.
0: That history, according to the judge, includes felonies and misdemeanors, mostly robberies, larcenies, and thefts. The judge did set a bond at $50,000. All
2: right. So... Chris went with black 10 seconds into the story.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let's check the chat room and see what they believe. Uh, chat room says Al Gritz Black Aww. had to eat a couple bites first. <laughs> 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 I like that. We all know that was black. Oh, that <laughs> was <sick. laughs> Attempted murder for a food fight. Black, black or black nail. Al Green fan. Negro black. No cheese in these grits, black. Aww. Come on, that's a darkie. He had chicken and waffles coming too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, black. He had a newport dangling from his mouth when he threw the grits on him. <laughs> God damn. Uh yeah, he's gonna wash those grits down with Kool-Aid. <laughs> the correct answer is black. to with some sugar in them grits. It's black. <laughs> everyone got that one right good grief y'all racist all right man let's wrap it up with sword ratchetness guys call me god man partially scalped and stabbed to death by samurai sword wielded man who wanted to steal his wife oh my yeah he has a mugshot for the ages by the way yes he does um yeah so um i wish i could I can't copy it from here. Anyway, a Wisconsin man has alleged, allegedly attacked two people with a samurai sword in a boarding house style building where they all live, partially scalping and killing one of them. Young Choi, C-H-O-I, Young Choi, sounds like a
1: rapper. A rapper, Rapper, yeah. Yeah.
2: Young Choi in the building with my sword. (laughs) About to make a killing. Sure Um, is. (laughs) Oh man, you ain't heard that new Young Choi? Shit is sharp. Shit sharp.
1: Young Choi went,
2: yeah. Yeah, young Choi dog. Nigga he, he he come through and he's part of Wu Tang. Um, but uh yeah, so he uh is twenty nine, They charged a first degree intentional homicide and in an attack that killed Dustin Vander Heiden, Hayden, Hayden, twenty seven, and wounded David Gerard, twenty four. Wow, he's Good. way younger than I thought he was, as yeah. quarterback for the Jaguars. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's say David Garrard is a name that don't sound right. Sounds like he don't belong there. Uh well David Garrard used to be quarterback at Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, yep. But uh yeah, so um what was my uh article again? Uh there we go. So yeah, uh the attack happened outside an apartment at Yangers Bar on North Fourth Street in Watertown on Thursday at five PM. Vander Hayden was stabbed multiple times and Garrard was injured in the incident, which ended in the standoff between Waterden Watertown police and Choi who finally surrendered at the police, brought in a negotiator. I think it was Sam Jackson. Ah. The only negotiator I believe in. According to the Journal Sentinel, Choi had told Vander Hayden's wife in the days preceding the attack that he was going to kill Vander Hayden so that he could have her for himself. Oh, my. I wonder if she told him. You oh. know, Choi you know, um, said the craziest thing to me today. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. That guy... <laughs> He said he was gonna slice your head off and we could be together. Anyway, just thought you'd like to know. For dinner. Yep, he probably wasn't listening because women always be talking and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for not listening. Yeah. Damn, That's I got to pa- Do I got to pause this Xbox again? God damn, what do you want, girl? You know what? Never mind. Yeah, never mind. Thank God, Jesus. Like, Everything's oh, a fucking I'm emergency with you. I'm just trying to save your life, but fuck it. Yeah. I got street harassed by a man with a sword. Whatever. I don't believe in that. Yes, all women. Get out of my fucking face. God, I'm tired of these feminists. Um, so yeah, uh, she did, uh, the woman told police she persuaded Choi that the pair couldn't be together and that she didn't think she, he was, a, he was in any danger. Court documents state that Choi had made bizarre statements all week long about being God and upon his arrest told police officers they could call him God. Oh. Yeah. Hey, it's me, God. Just killed this nigga. Why y'all arresting me?
4: Yeah, 5%-o? Mm, I do
2: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Call me God, God. Uh, an hour before the attack, a third resident from the building heard hysterical yelling. Uh, she... Oh, Hysterical yelling. That don't sound good. So it was laughter and yelling? It was so funny. Uh, she found it to be hysterical, Karen. Uh, also, go see Chris Lambert, guys. he will be headline Caroline's uh, hysterical comedian. Uh, reports, uh, channel 3000. Channel 3000? Anyway. And found Vander, <laughs> Vander Hayden in Choi's apartment. He told police that Vander Hayden told him he had saved him and that Choi was crazy. Uh, during the attack, Gerard attended. Wait, didn't Vander Hayden die? So I guess he called that one a little early. You saved me! Thank God you! Oh, wait a minute. My scalp. Uh, during the attack, Gerard attended on the first floor of the building, heard Vander Hayden screaming for help and went upstairs to investigate. Well, now I know he's white. Uh, he thought, (laughs) he thought Choi was hitting Vander Hayden with a stick, but realized it was a Samurai sword. When he reached out to grab it, he suffered lacerations on his hand and thumb. There was hair and blood on the walls and floor, and he was repeatedly asking Vander Hayden, who's God? Uh, at that point, you put the sword down, please. Wonder if that's the problem? He was like he had the he's like I'm God and he's like, Man, you ain't God and you got stabbed I'm trying to But like technically I'm right. Well actually, police found Choi on the top of the stairwell building leading to the second floor. Officers negotiated with the man, he eventually surrendered. Vander Hayden was found with several stab wounds to the sec on the second floor. He was wounds on the second floor. He was rushed to Watertown Medical Center and went to surgery, but died of his injuries. Choi was calm when police took him into custody. When he was questioned, he said, What do you want me to tell you? What? You want me to say I feel bad about it? Are you checking my humanistic nature? Check checking all my psychological bounds or am I just a ruthless killer? According to court documents. Wow. He was very self-aware. Apparently so. Two other sores were found in his apartment. Gerard received stitches to his injuries and was released. I mean, there's a bunch of people living in a small space and that guy is screaming. He said, in hindsight, I know I did everything I could in the situation, but now that Hayden died, I'm second guessing things with myself. But you shouldn't feel bad, sir. You actually went up there. I wouldn't have.
4: Yeah, I told you his name didn't sound right. Everybody else sound like they belong there. He sound like he showed up on the scene. It's
2: really going to suck if his girlfriend gets with uh, this dude now. Oh,
1: that would dude, be
2: fucked so yeah. up. Very. Now we can be together. You were right. I don't know what I was thinking, God. I just don't want you to chop my scalp off. Check out Chris, uh, official movie correspondent of the Righteous Brick Podcast. Also... And I don't care how many times Josh Homer gets on there. It doesn't matter to me. You're still number one to me, Chris. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that.
2: I like me some Josh, but I'm sorry. you you always be number one. Uh, also, uh, he's a host of his own podcast, The Mundane Festival. Uh, on Twitter, he's at Chris Lambert. Uh, he'll be headlining in September at Caroline's, man. That's, that's huge, man. I can't believe, like... How far you come in the time that I've known you, man. And I, I really feel like we have to take a lot of credit away from your hard work and <laughs> <make some things. laughs> cause that's what we do. And just say it's nothing but the podcast.
1: No, well, well, like I always say, you guys have been, uh, uh, instrumental in, in getting me in, into, to the black Twitter community and, uh, I, and just this Twitter in general and the people that, like your show and, and a, a percentage of them, uh, enjoy me. And, and it, it's, uh, I will see what happens. I'm, I'm still tr- plugging away at it. And it's something that, you know, like I say on my podcast, a lot is a stand up is something that, that I've uh, suppressed and denied, denied for a long time. And, and if it's anybody out there that's that wants to do something and it has been afraid to try it, just try it. Cause you can, Somebody posted a uh, inspirational tweet some a couple days ago that said you could fail at things that you don't like easily. So why don't you try to fail at some well try to be successful at something you enjoy doing? So
2: No doubt, true. man. We'll see. And uh shout out to Adam and Eve. Go to AdamEve.com, use code TBGWT, get all your discounts That's and free right. stuff. And shadow down productions. Check out their YouTube video of us interviewing people from Dead Room, man. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at nine with, uh, Rhett, uh, and, and, and Lamont, formerly a brown skin and glasses. Um, so hopefully we'll see you guys there. Until then, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>